The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you for the wonderful introduction, and good morning. Today is January 29th, and here are the topics that we'll be discussing on this week's edition of the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show. He got scared, so he was athletic enough to get out of their situation and run, and he was trying to run home because we were he was three blocks from the house when they stopped him. But the most... <laughs> The most telling thing about the video to me was the fact that it was maybe 10 officers on the scene and nobody tried to stop it or even after they beat him and and they popped him up against a car, no one rendered aid to him whatsoever. They walked around smoking cigarettes like it was all calm and like, you know, bragging about what happened. He thinks everything's good. Uh, I've got a problem, but he thinks everything's good. Uh, okay. Call us back if you change your mind. No, no, no. This, this gentleman just uh, came into the house, uh, and he wants to wait here for my wife to come home. This is Santos' ex-boyfriend is speaking to Outfront for his first television interview and an Outfront exclusive. Does this George Santos, the one that we are now all seeing, sound like the man that you dated and lived with? Not at all. <laughs> Completely different person. Well, I mean, I think the issue in terms of the concerns, the danger, uh, the threats to democracy related to Donald Trump speak for themselves. And I think many of us will probably have more to say about that to the extent that, you know, he moves forward with his so-called uh, presidential campaign. It happens to be a very low-energy campaign, by the way. Online radio at its best. When you ask God for something, God boxes it up, put your name on it, and he ships it the day you ask for it. As soon as you ask for it, he ships it. The problem with the package is he never tells you the date that it's going to arrive. If he did that, it would destroy the one element that he requires, your faith. So God sends your package, but he only delivers to Faith Street. If you step off of Faith Street, and you go over here to I Don't Believe It Boulevard, he don't ship there. If you step over here to I Don't See How Avenue, he don't ship there. If you step over here to Ain't No Way Circle, he don't ship there. The package only goes to Faith Street. What happens to the average person is that when the package arrives and you ain't on Faith Street, it's just like the post office and FedEx, UPS. If you ain't there, the package got to go back.
Welcome in 347-850-1272 uh, is our calling number 347-850-1272 It's the serious out on a beautiful but rainy Sunday here in the state of Texas Hopefully the weather's better in your neck of the neighborhoods I'm Jay Rowell, thank you guys for spending a portion of your Sunday with us And of course, I never share this stage by myself Let me bring in the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side The one and only Mr. L to the E to the S Good morning, sir, how are you on this beautiful Sunday? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning to you and one. Good morning, Ness on them high seas. One. Good morning, Rich Sister. One. Good morning, Kathleen. One. Good morning, Real Dia. One. Good morning, Momo B. One. Good morning, uh, Marion and Music. And good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. That's a lot, man. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Once again, glad you guys are on board. If you listen to this show, you know what time it is. It's time for us to wrap and clap a little bit before we get into the heavy lifting of the show. And when I tell you we have some heavy lifting this morning, I think everybody knows what I'm referring to. But let's let's talk about some things that we're not going to talk about during the course of the show. You know, uh, Mr. Elias, I was thinking about this over the weekend, and is it time to finally say? rip to Obama. And what I mean by that is R-I-P-P Obama, rest in political peace. Now that you know, Joe Biden's in office, is it time for President Obama to fade to black? Because if you think about it, I can't remember any time in American history where a former president was damn near just as popular as he was when he was in office. What do you think, man? It's time for President Obama to retire, man, and uh, enjoy the fruits of his labor, or should we still look to him as a voice, uh, not only for the Democratic Party, but, you know, that representation for our people as well? What do you think? No, it's never time to put a person like uh, that stature away, Jay. You know, know, I could see if he was a negative influence, but this man's a positive influence on, on, on wherever he steps at it. He's that popular. He can help bring change to anything that he that he steps into into the arena that he steps into. So no, I wouldn't say put him. No, nah, it's not time. It's never time. If you can help, you can help. If you can't help, then you step aside. That's the way it should be. So, so, so what do you think Michelle's saying about this? Because you know he he look he is a husband, he is a father. So I mean, is it too much mm-hmm. for Americans to continue to ask for this man to continue to de- dedicate his life and devote his life? You know, to the greater good of this country. You know, at some point in time, look, you're retired. So, I mean, come on. I mean, it's not like, you know, your employer can keep saying, hey, Mr. LS, you know, hey, man, we need you to come in and, you know, do this, that, and the other. When is it time for you to go away? Because think about it, the presidency is a job. Mm-hmm. But it's not about the presidency right now. It's about helping the, the American agenda. As long as, long as we, as our, our people, are trying to get to a plateau. There's no rest. There's no rest. And you know, what if what if uh uh Martin Luther King's wife had said, Coretta had said, you know, Martin, it's time to stop now, come on back in. No. What what if Mega Evans' wife did the same thing and said that? No. We're in a climate now where we, we need to keep rising to the top and if you can't if we're not if we're not in an equal plateau, then we still there's work to be done, so you need, still need to keep working, man. You still need to keep working it. You know, I still I still go out and talk and mentor to young kids to this day. You know, I still haven't stopped that. You know, so I can find a young kid to mentor to and talk to that kid. 
Should I? Because I'm retired, should I stop? No, you, you can't stop. You got to keep going, man. You got to keep it up. Well, but it's different, though. Your job uh, when you were working wasn't mentoring the young kids. You did something completely different. His job was president. So at some point in time, when do we stop saying, hey, you know what, Mr. Obama, enjoy your retirement. You're no longer the president. It's like people still look at President Obama as, look, look what I just did. President Obama. I mean, he's retired. We don't talk about Bill Clinton like this, and we damn sure don't talk about George Bush like this. They just kind of faded into black. So is it Obama's turn to say, look, I'm out. You guys got it. Nah. I did. Look, I nah. lost a good fight. Nah. nah. Nah, because, uh, look, uh, look, we have to stand for our people, man. You know, look, them guys, they, they can afford to do that. But right now, he can't. He cannot do it. Mm-mm. No. I'm sorry. Uh-uh. We need to keep fighting that good fight. And and, 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 and all these doors happen on the political tra- campaigns, isn't it? You know, on the political trails when, he, when, they, when he's nigga. He's going out and doing stomp speeches. Right? Or is it, or is it he just, he's working all year round like he was at the presidency? When he's New York, he, he goes out and does stomp speeches, right? Well, yeah, but he, come on, man. I mean, I remember when Golden State won the championship during the Trump administration. They didn't go to the White House. You know where they went? They went to President Obama's office. So, I mean, that's my point. And so it's like people still want him to be the president. He's no longer the president. So is it time for us to let him just, you know, slide? Man, look, man, enjoy yourself. You have a family. You have a beautiful wife. You have two kids that are growing up. Get out there and enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. He's no longer required to, you know, speak for You don't think he's for... enjoying his life right now? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just right asking now? a question, man. I, I don't know. I'm not saying yeah. it's not. I'm just asking a question. Yeah, I'm asking I mean, a question. Is it time for us to let him go? Nah, it's never time to let that. You, you chose that office. You chose that lifestyle, man. So embrace it. Embrace it. That's like famous people who want to get famous don't want to be famous anymore. Because it, it was more than what they bargained for. Now, what you getting into before you get there? Okay, I was with you until you just made that comment. Everything you said, I, I was sitting here thinking, "Oh my God, I'm agreeing with this guy. This is pastor's not going to be happy." I actually agree with what Mr. Elias is saying. But now that last piece, you have the right to change your mind, right? I mean, so is it one yeah, of those situations right to your where? Mind. But it's like, I want to get a girl. I want to have a baby. No, I don't want to have a baby. That's, that's, the, kind of, that's the kind of analogy you got to come up with. I, I want to have a baby. Then all of a sudden, the baby comes that I don't want this baby. Can't change your mind on certain things, man. You know, you know and, and, and if you look at the documentary, Michelle's like, are you sure you want to get into this kind of life? Because this life has no privacy for us. And he was like, yes, this is what I want. So I think he knew what he was getting into when he got into it. Wow. Look at you. I tell you what, man, you brought it back. I, <laughs> you know, just for, uh, you know, informational purposes and for show purposes, I can't agree with you, okay? I mean, even though I want to, yeah, I'm, just, okay. I'm just not going to agree. Okay. I'm just not going to agree with you. I'm okay. sorry. I, I, can't, yeah. I can't do it because that, okay. that, 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 <laughs> I just can't. Because if I agree with you now, that means I'm going to agree with you during the show, and which means the pastor who looks forward to these one-on-one <laughs> encounters between you and I, it's just not starting off right. 
I'm game for that one. I'll well, care. I know you're game, game for that. For yeah, it. well, okay. Yeah. In all in all seriousness, no, what, what you said made, makes absolutely uh, it makes sense. So I, I'm I'm on board with what you said. And even when you came back in, in the response when I asked about people changing their mind, I mean, you know, man, listen, man, kudos. Sorry, Pastor, I have to agree with this clown on this one. I'm sorry. Okay, so. Um, uh, <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's true. Well, I'm sorry. I, I'm see, I'm letting our personal back and forth bleed into the show. So my bad. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'll call you a clown at 11:01 Central. How about that? Uh A couple of more things uh, I want to touch base on. Uh, all right, so. The new RNC chair is the old RNC chair. So here was people considered the first battle between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantos because Trump supported the current uh, head of the RNC and DeSantos supported a newcomer who challenged her for that spot. But at the end of the day, they stuck with the old. Well, you, you know, does it really matter, Mr. Elias? Does it really matter? Now that they change their game plan and get rid of some of these crazies, man. You know, the American people are waking up and starting to see that, hey, man, these, these people are attacking their, their, their social wills and everything else. Now, they're giving themselves raises, but they're going to get Social Security raises. You know what I'm saying? They get their Social Security nickel and dime raises, but they won't give themselves nickel and dime raises. So, yeah, the American people are starting to wake up, man, and see what these people are about, man. Finally. Finally. Okay, now here's where I'm going to disagree with you because people say, well, all oh, the Republicans, ooh, they had a bad midterm. Ooh, the Republicans didn't do what they thought they was going to do. At the end of the day, they still won the House of Representatives. So it's like playing a basketball game. I don't care if you win by one. If you won by 31, you won. So I don't know why people okay. talk about, well, what I'm saying. Do you not agree with that? They won. No, okay, I don't yeah. agree with that. Yeah, well, okay, okay. I, well, okay, fine. But at the end of the day, there is split government. The Republicans have the House of Representatives. They're putting these crazy people on committee, uh, giving them committee seats, and they are removing Democrats like, you know, Adam Schiff and guys like that from these boards and from these committees. They're talking about removing uh, the congresswoman from Minnesota. You know, so at the end of the day, they still won. Doesn't matter if they won by one or, or ten. They won. Okay, but that's like a football game. Okay, we both love football. That's like the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs playing against the Houston Texans, Texans. And every time they get the ball, they get the ball on the five-yard line and they're ready to score a goal. That's what that's like. Because when you gerrymander huh? districts, you gonna get when you gerrymander districts, that's what it's like. Nah, they they're not gonna want a free and fair election. They're gonna have to gerrymander every district that they get in to win an election. That's how they win. Think about New York and how they won New York. Had they not gerrymandered New York, what would have happened? Okay. What would have happened? I'm, I'm but I'm conf- I don't even understand how that correlates to what we're talking about. I'm sorry. Can you explain it to me? Like I'm a you fifth grader. The day they still they don't they they won. They they have to cheat to win. They don't win. Okay, that was but but that wasn't the debate. I know that. 
I, listen, that, that was not the debate. I think the game they still won. Did they win? They did or win. Did they cheat to win. They cheat well, to win. Okay, but regardless, well, true, 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 true. But at the end of the day, they still won. So we're talking as if, oh my God, you know, the Republicans really had some heartbreak during the midterms. Why? Because they didn't take the Senate. Which, by the way, coming up this next, hey man, what are you doing? Cooking? Calm down. Uh, coming up during this next election cycle. They are in prime position to take retake the, to the Senate. Now, we all know they cheat. That's a given. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's the uh, political environment in which we exist in. And so what, what can you do? But I don't know, man. I just thought that when you look at stuff like this and when you start, you know, talking about who really won and who really lost, at the end of the day, they still won the House of Representatives. And you still have Kevin McCarthy yeah, as the, as the uh, speaker. And by cheating. Yeah. yeah, they wanted by cheating. They had they not jammed all the bitches in New York, they would they would not be in power. They wouldn't be. Well, let's call well, it. Well, and I think the Democrats are weak. The Democrats the, and they, they give in to them. Whoa, 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 whoa. The Democrats, Mr. Elias, Jerry Manor doesn't have a damn thing to do with the Democrats. It's those state houses that are doing this. If they're outnumbered, they're outnumbered. It doesn't matter how much they vote. They're cheating because now the, here's the deal, and I can agree with you when you say you're, they're weak. You know, Democrats, when they do have power, you need to try to do the mm-hmm. same thing. However, however, they there were certain, mm-hmm. you know, there were certain situations where they tried to gerrymander some things, but guess what? Republican judges stopped them from doing it. So the Republicans are playing chess, man, not checkers. No matter where you go, it is what it is. Just like the Republican Party do. And they can't but you can't until you, well, until you, well, until you get the majority you're not going to be able to do a damn thing. That's just the way it is. All right, man, listen, we have a few minutes left. Let's pick some football this weekend, man. The final four. Now, give me your AFC representative in the Super Bowl and give me your NFC representative in the Super Bowl. I know you're going to Chiefs. That's a given. Chiefs, yeah, most definitely. And and the Eagles. I'm going to go with the Eagles. You know what? I'm going with the Eagles because that's my team. But I think, man, Joe Burrow has beat the Kansas City Chiefs three times in a row with a healthy Mahomes. Mahomes is a little gippy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, man, mm-hmm. how can I go against Mahoney Holmes? I'm going to go with the Bengals, but I want the Chiefs to win. Wow, that's ugly. All right, it is time for us to step out. It's time for an NPR News update, and then we'll get into um, – you know, the uh, very heavy lift of today's show. And uh, we'll be right back uh, after this. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. More protests this weekend following the release of body cam videos showing the police beating in Memphis that led to the death of Tyree Nichols following an alleged traffic stop. Demonstrators, including Kyra Jackson, gathered outside Memphis Police Headquarters. I couldn't even watch it, like, pass a couple minutes because I was thinking of my child. In New York, protesters gathered for two rallies in Manhattan. Rosemary Mysteri of Member Station WNYC reports. Protests began Saturday afternoon at Union Square with cyclists riding the streets of Manhattan to a second rally at Washington Square Park. Protests were peaceful, but the police presence was heavy. 
Among the speakers at the gathering was City Council Member Chi O.C. People are saying that justice was served because those cops were fired and will potentially go to jail. Justice was not served. We still have bloated police budgets, not only in Memphis, but also here in New York City. After the rally, demonstrators and cyclists took over the streets of Manhattan for nearly two hours, grinding traffic to a halt as they made their way to Times Square. For NPR News, I'm Rosemary Mizderi in New York City. The police chief in Memphis has disbanded the department's Scorpion Unit, which focused on crime hotspots. The chief is citing a cloud of dishonor from the newly released videos of five officers who beat Tyree Nichols to death for Scorpion members. They've been fired in face for the second-degree murder charges. California's first in the nation state reparations task force met in San Diego this weekend. The nine-member body designing a plan to possibly compensate some black residents for the impact of anti-black policies. From member station KQED, Lakshmi Sarah reports from San Diego. California's reparations task force has about five months left to make recommendations to the state legislature. The panel is tackling two issues. What should reparations look like and who should get them? They've already decided reparations will be lineage-based. Now they're working to refine some additional questions like residency. Secretary of State Shirley Weber, who helped create the reparations task force as a member of the state assembly, gave an opening address. Because if you don't push it forward, you lose this momentum. And you don't want to kill yourself by crime. The panel voted to take another year to implement its work, but the state legislature will need to approve that extension. For NPR News, I'm Lakshmi Sarah. British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has fired the chairman of the governing Conservative Party following an investigation into his tax affairs. Reporter Philip Marks is in London. For the past five years, Nadim Zahawi has held a series of senior government roles, including finance minister. But questions raised by a freelance tax investigator last summer ultimately forced him to acknowledge he'd paid a significant penalty to Britain's Internal Revenue Service. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak launched an independent investigation last week, which found Zahawi had breached the ministerial ethics code. And you're listening to NPR News. Online radio at its best. Uh, from the initial encounter, um, you can't even look that way when he talks about the video. I, I didn't want her to. I didn't want her to see the video or hear the video. Um, it was our attorney's request that she could stay in there as long as she could. Um, she heard one word and had to leave out the room. And that was when they initially was putting him out the car, he said, what did I do? That's what he said. He said, what did I do? Why are y'all doing this to me? What did I do? And they proceeded to snatch him out of the car and was trying to wrestle him to the ground. And he got scared. So he was athletic enough to get out of their situation and run. And he was trying to run home because we were he was three blocks from the house when they stopped him. Um, so after the initial encounter, we didn't see everything because actually when the body cam started, they were already engaged. Um, and then there was the second body cam, with the uh, sky cam, that uh, videoed the encounter. And 
when I saw the police officer, you know, they have this little, like, stick, uh, this metal thing that they pull out. Yeah, pull out like uh, an antenna. Uh, like an antenna, right. exactly. Retractable. Yes, and I saw them pull that out and started beating my son with it. Um, I saw officers hitting on him. I saw officers kicking him. One officer kicked him like he was kicking a football a couple of times. <laughs> and, uh, but the most... <laughs> The most telling thing about the video to me was the fact that it was maybe 10 officers on the scene and nobody tried to stop it or even after they beat him and, and they popped him up against a car, no one rendered aid to him whatsoever. They walked around smoking cigarettes like it was all calm and like, you know, bragging about what happened. And, Welcome back in. It's 24 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Online radio at its best. That was uh, Tyree Nichols' father uh, describing what he saw on the video that we all seen by now. Um, just a disgraceful display of police brutality as they beat the hell out of a young African-American man who, by the way, was coming back from photographing the sunset. Um, you know, sometimes you just don't have words for some of the things that you see. And I think what makes this case even worse is the fact that the people who were involved in this are people who looks like me and Mr. Elias and most of our listeners. Uh, Mr. Elias, let's, um, you know, man, I was thinking about this during the week. Uh, you know, how do we talk about this? How does this case, you know, how does it resonate? How is it any different than any of the other cases that we've covered here on the show uh, throughout the years? I'll just be quiet, man, to give you the floor. What say you? Well, you know what? <laughs> this this case is disturbing because, um, man. You know, you would figure that, you know, some of these police officers, I don't care whether you're white, you're black, or whatever color you are, you would have some type of humanity towards your fellow and, and, and your fellow man. Look, let's just be honest. They never told, they, they violated the, 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 the uh, First Amendment right when, he, when they said, what did I do? You're supposed to tell me at a traffic stop what I did for you to yank me out the car. You didn't, didn't even give him that right to say, hey, man, what did I do? I don't care what you did. I'm yanking you out the car. That's what you did. And to treat this man inhumane like he was a dog and beat him like they beat him, man, look, to me the only fair justice is to let them get into the room with his family and handcuff them and let they let the family go at them like they went at him. That would be fair justice to me, because I, you know, damn, 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 going through a court case, you know, put me in a room with you, you handcuffed, and let me go at you, because I'm going, I'm going to wear your ass out like you did my well, my family member. This is this is insane, man. And, and then he says, everybody talking about training, training, training. Yeah, they need more training, but what they need is a, a, a is a case of humility. 
because this is unbelievable. That was inhumane the way they beat that man and the way they treated that man. It was, it was unbelievable how they did him. I, I, I was sick to my stomach to even watch that. And I could only watch it once. I couldn't watch it again. You know, uh, when we talk about um, injustice, uh, injustice for hard-armed African-American men, you know, we've talked about so many cases on this show. We talked about how police used a fake no-knock warrant to, you know, kick in the door and kill a young African-American woman as she slept in her bed. You know, we've talked about how, you know, unarmed African-American men who have ended up dead because they had car trouble. You know, the car stopped on the side of the highway, and an itchy, triggered cop, you know, engages and kills them. But then we also have seen throughout the years where people who have committed mass murders and taken to Burger King to get some food before they take them to jail. Yeah. And that's why none of this makes sense. Now, the elephant in the room here is the fact that these officers were black. Here's something else that we need to consider as well. They knew they had body cam on. They knew that there were cameras all in the area. But it's like we don't care. We the police. You going to do, and I, I did that on purpose, the police. I know that's not the way to pronounce it, but that's how it is. We the police. We're going to do what we want to do. And for them to beat that guy, and like you said, Mr. Elias, they were hot as soon as they got on him. I can't remember what type of traffic stop were. I mean, they were hot as soon as they encountered the kid. Now, here's what probably their defense lawyers are going to say, which in some cases could be true, that you only saw it from – you know, once they engaged, you didn't see what happened prior to that. Now, the Memphis police chief, she's on record to say, I don't see anything that justified them even stopping this kid. Now, maybe she has access to more video than we do. It's but a at the end of the day, it's yeah, but, well, no, no, but that's what they're, that's what they're saying. Right. And so, you know, at the end of the day, I've been stopped by the cops, you know, a number of times throughout my life. They have never rolled up on me like that. You know what I'm saying? So what happened? Was there something they said he was driving erratically? Yeah, but even I've seen cops tell people who were drunk, and they were driving and hitting the barriers on the highway, but they didn't freaking run up on them like that. Something else is going on here. At least that's what I think. Yeah. But I'll say this, and I know a lot of people are going to get pissed off at me for saying this. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Because the first thing I thought of was, keep in mind, as soon as this happened, these cops were fired immediately. They turned the video around within a few days. These cops were charged within a few days of the incident. How many times have we told these stories, Mr. Elias, on this show, where the fraternal order of police have come out and supported the officers, or 
The officers mm-hmm. have been put on desk duty uh, with pay until we figure out what the investigation is or what's going mm-hmm. on with the investigation. In this case, right. none of that happens. Nope. I wonder why. I don't wonder why. You, you know why. Come on. Come well, on. You know it's a rhetorical what, what question. You know I know why. Yeah. These cops were black. Yeah. Now, people, yeah. people are going to interpret that. Oh, my God, I can't believe you. No, no, no. I'm not. What they did was wrong, and they ass should be held to the fire. And at the end of the day, I hope they get exactly what they deserved. Because this was a young man who had a four-year-old son who will never see his dad again, who will, when he graduates from high school, there will be no father sitting in the bleachers watching him walk across the stage to get his diploma. And we talk about a lot of wayward young black men and brothers. Well, a lot of them is because they didn't have a father figure in their home. You've just taken away that guy, that person, his father. So I am not, by no stretch of the imagination, and if you send any comments that says, I'm not reading, reading online, I'm telling you right now, because that is not what I'm saying. And all you white folks who happen to be listening to this show, because we do have a few, don't come, yeah, see, now all of a sudden they're taking a different tone because they're black. No, we're not. They're all blue as far as I'm concerned. But one would be remiss if they did not, Mr. LES, bring up the point that all this happened within seven days. The cops who beat yeah. Rodney King, they were acquitted. Yes. And yes. in my opinion, yes. in my opinion, and people may disagree, that's okay. I think, and you know, I don't know, how do I say this? The beating, in my opinion, wasn't worse than the Rodney King beating to me. The Rodney King beating, they were, you could see these officers winding up, and it's like you have six or seven officers beating somebody with bats and batons. I mean, that beating was horrible. This one was as well, but it wasn't as bad, in my opinion, as the Rodney King beating. But maybe they did this because, remember, before they released the video, they were like, this is the worst police beating you're going to ever see on camera. And everybody was prepared for that. But then when it was released, I'm thinking, okay, maybe they did that to get the temperature, to get people to, you know, say, okay, let's, it's the reverse psychology, right? Let, let's, let's say this. But then when people say this, okay, it's not as bad as, you know, as we thought it would be. But nevertheless, you know, they're black officers, Mr. Elias. And all of a sudden, these guys, and that's what Ben Crump said when he spoke at that news conference. He said, okay, we have set a new precedent. Yeah. Because this, has, this yes. doesn't usually happen, right? That's what right. he said, Mr. Right. Elliot. Right. He's 100% right. Mm-hmm. He's 100% right. They, they, we've set a new precedent. So now, when this, cause this is going to happen again, let's, let, let's just be honest. It's not like it's not mm. going to happen. So when it does happen again, I want the same response from the other police officers. Because when the hell, when the Laquan McDonald case happened, and Rob Emanuel was a case those who don't even remember, Laquan McDonald was a uh, teenager in Chicago that got shot yep. 15 times, and yep. uh, you know they they had to fight they had to fight to release that tape 
that video, and they had a lady in Chicago where they broke into her house, and it was the wrong house, and she was naked in her house, and, and the officers, they had to fight to, re- to release that tape. So now that they set this precedent, I hope it doesn't go away. I really don't, because this precedent has been set, and don't hand me that crap about it. it's a blue wall and all this other crap. You set a precedent now, so now when this happens again, do the same thing the uh, police chief in Memphis did. Be, be, a, uh, be very transparent and open it up and let everybody see what happened. Stop playing games. Okay. So now here's the collateral damage, and I know some people are going to disagree with this. But, and I remember we've had these conversations before in the past, and I remember when we um, had a situation where cops were really heavy-handed with the way they, you know, they handled the suspect and the suspect died. I remember talking to a young brother who was on the pool, who's on the was, I'm, I'm not sure if he still is, on the, on HPD, and he was saying, look, man, you know, what these guys did was, it was absolutely wrong. But he said, people just don't know what you deal with in these streets. You know, it's like people see one instance of one situation. He says, but two times that times 30, that's what we deal with. We are fathers. We are husbands. We are brothers. We are sons. We want to get home to our family just like everybody else. And sometimes these jokers out here, they play for keeps. And he says, and a lot of times, he said, they take on the moniker of, look, I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. And so now that this has happened, the police chief in Memphis has announced that they are going to disband the Scorpion unit. Now, this is a unit that, you know, Memphis is, listen, when you watch the first 48, a lot of those, a lot of those stories come from Memphis. I mean, it's, it's a tough town. So now let me ask you this, Mr. Elias. Do you agree with the fact that they're banding this unit? Or should it be a situation where they say, okay, look, we need to get in here and train you guys to make sure you're doing the right thing? Because at the end of the day, you know, who wins in this situation? You disband this unit, and the criminals are like, yeah, 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 we ain't got to worry about, you know, we can kind of run and do what we want to do because there's no special gang enforcement unit out here trying to round us up. So who's the loser in it? Who's the winner? Who are the winners and losers in this whole situation well, when it comes I'm to disbanding that I'm unit? I'm not against policing, man. I'm definitely not against it. But what I am against is bad cops. So, you know, training is fine, but you got you to really, if you're going to put people in this, this unit, you got to, you know, come on, man. People know who the dirty cops are. I, I, I believe that the cops know who the dirty cops are. And, 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 Hey, man, look, if he's a dirty cop, he's a dirty cop. Get rid of him. Stop this. Because I, I, I also got a report that said right now in the LAPD, there's about there's 50 officers quitting per week in L.A. It takes them 30 minutes to, to, to reply to any crime right now. So it's not like we don't need policing, but what we do need is some good police officers. Well, you're not going to beat the hell out of me. Or a traffic stop. This was a traffic stop. You need to know. You need and you need to stop violating the law. If you pull me over, and I know my law says, what are you pulling me over for? You're supposed to be able to articulate and say, this is the reason I'm pulling you over. This is what's happening, and this is why I'm asking you for your ID. 
instead of you saying, don't, don't question why I'm for it. This is crazy. But, but, but let me ask, but see, Mr. Elias, this is what this brother was telling me, because I sat down and had a long conversation with this guy. It was one of our other shows. It was a few years back. But what he was saying was, is that, you know, that's why it's called a special unit. You have to take it to a whole different level. This is not a regular cop pulling over a regular person saying, hey, let me have your driver's license and registrations. you in war. It's like when you go fight in these battles and wars, you are in a war. And so, you know, the you bottom still, line is, huh? You still, you still got to follow the law. You still got to constitution of home. Dude, I agree with you. I, I listen. I, I understand what you're saying, Mister Elias. I understand what you're saying. But I remember a couple of scenes in Training Day, even though it was a movie. But I remember when Denzel Washington, when he tried to get old boy to to, to hit that hit that, hit those drugs. Now we know that he was ultimately doing something for his own good. But he but his point was, you know what? If you turn this down on the street, you would be dead. And they'd be sending your family a crisp, folded American flag. So, yeah, you're not supposed to do drugs as an officer. But guess what? In order for you to get in where you fit in, you're going to have to, you know, you got to get a little dirt on you. Because if, because if, if you, if, if they don't trust you, especially if they're trying to get you in within a gang unit or do all these different things, dude, the first time they feel that, hey, man, you know, we doing this, this joker ain't doing this, uh-uh. He must be a pig. Let's snuff him out. So, so how do you? Because I agree with you, bro. But I'm not out there fighting these streets. I'm not out here in these streets fighting these people. I'm not out here dealing well, with know, this. So how do you do it? How do you? You're paid to uphold the law, man. So how do you law, do it, Mister Elias, when you're in a fight? When you're in a fight, how do you, you do it, Miss Elias? Imagine. Let me ask you something. Imagine yourself at a gang meeting. You have you have infiltrated this gang because in order for you to get the top dog, you got to get in where you fit in. So now here you are. You in the middle of a gang. Ain't no police nowhere around. You in this thing, bro. And so they tell you, yo. You need to do this. And you know it breaks the law. So now you have to ask yourself the question, if I don't do this, they're going to kill me right here. They're going to kill me. I can't sit in here and say, well, you know, the law says I can't do You're going to die. So what you going to do? You're going to sit here and say, no, I, you know, my, I, can't, I can't do it. Hold up, man. You're supposed to be one of us. We don't give a damn about the law. You do? Come on, man. So what are what, you talking about again? You're talking about a gang as compared to people that are supposed to uphold the law. No, no, I'm talking sense. about a police, and I'm talking about a person, undercover officers. You know, people that are part of these units. These guys say, yo, they got to go in there blazing, man. They can't go in there with no weak mess because they're dealing with the worst of the worst. They're not dealing with somebody that's going to, you know, a guy that may rob a bank or something. They're dealing with jokers that are straight up, they are filed from the ground up. They are rotten to the core. They don't give a damn about you or nobody else. They shoot their own mom if they had to. That's the kind of folks you're dealing with. So how can you get amongst these folks and then try to have some type of character when you're trying to infiltrate and trying to make sure you can get these clowns off the street? 
You can't do it. Right? I mean, I'm just being well, honest. Yeah. Well, so so if you're out with these people and they tell you to kill somebody and you kill them, you're doing it in the Dude. name of the law? Dude, I, I, listen. No, no, listen, listen, man. I'm with you. I, dude, I don't know what the – that's why I'm not doing it, right? And I'm not saying that that's what happened here, but what I'm saying is by you disbanding these units in these high-gang areas, I mean, you're really giving these dudes a pass because now they can sit around. Come on, man. How many times have we seen black-on-black crimes? How many times have we seen these gangsters just go through, man? Dude, just shoot people, man. I mean, kids are dying. They're shooting all types of individuals. And so you take out a unit that can help police this to a certain degree, who wins? I don't know what the right answer is, bro. I'm just being honest with you. I don't well, know how I, you resolve I said it. Earlier, I said earlier you don't disband a unit. What you do is, is you pick, and you've got to pick the right officers. You've got to pick the people of honor. Because there's, there's people, there's police officers that, that have honor, that want to do the right thing. Yeah, but see, that, but that don't fit sometimes, man, when you're in some of these situations. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It don't fit. You can't have honor when you're amongst a whole bunch of Joes who don't have honor. You're supposed to be blending in with them so you can get evidence to take the whole, you know, cartel down. How, how can you okay, do that you if you're trying to run here with us? Well, yeah, you're dealing with criminals. criminals. Yes. Right, but you're talking about the day, but you're talking about police officers that won't that will not turn in other police officers. That's Look, man, I'm not saying it's right. I, I don't listen. The law is the if law. You, if right? you're a police officer, if you're a police officer, you supposed you pay to uphold the law. If you see somebody doing wrong, you're supposed to report it. That's what you're paid to do. Not go behind yeah. a blue shield. And I understand unions, trust me. But hell, if my union brother's destroying my union, I ain't for it. I'm not for it. I can't be for it. It's not me. Hmm. I can't do it. <sighs> I don't know, man. This whole situation is nuts, man. Wow. All right. In this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, um, just outside St. Louis, there's a cemetery for children, right? It sits on a hill, and there's a wooden, weather-worn uh, sign that welcomes mourners to what they call baby land. So in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know, we're going to meet the grave diggers who have made this special spot work uh, and made it a place of dignity. And, uh, you know, I just can't believe we've even talking about this. Baby land, dead children. It's convenient time. In four minutes or less, something that you need to know. We'll be right back after this. Boy. 2021 saw the highest death toll from gun violence in the U.S. since the early 1990s. More than 47,000 people died from gunshot injuries. Kara Anthony, with our partner Kaiser Health News, went to a cemetery in southern Illinois where groundskeepers were quietly in the shadows of the gun violence epidemic, burying victims, many of them children. A cemetery sitting high up on a hill is called Sunset Gardens of Memory. In one corner, everything is smaller. Picture gravestones the size of a license plate. The cemetery workers use little shovels when it's time to dig a new grave. We're in babies. This is babies. This is where a lot of babies are buried. 
That's Johnny Hare, ground supervisor here in Millstock, across the river from St. Louis. His shift starts just after sunrise, and he doesn't stop moving until sunset. How long have you been working here? Oh, 43 years. <laughs> I just can't leave. Hare says he's more than a groundskeeper. He's a caretaker. When a three-year-old girl was shot and killed in the fall of 2021, Hare made sure she was buried in Babyland. Hare started adding small touches to this part of the cemetery more than 30 years ago to make it feel special. He built a bird bath and brought in angel statues that he painted by hand. I just wanted to put some color in the angel in the bay. The red on their clothes, the brown skin, the black hair, that's all he's doing now. Another longtime groundskeeper, William Belt Sr., says it was awkward to walk by the gravestones without acknowledging them, so he greeted each one. What would you say? Excuse me. Coming through, then I got myself together. It was new to me. The entire cemetery is huge, 30 acres. I've been walking this hill my whole life, so it doesn't seem very big. That's William's daughter, Jocelyn Bell. Not just her dad, but her brother and cousin are caretakers here too. In Babyland, parents leave dolls, little race cars, and other toys scattered on the ground. They just do things so differently in how they grieve and how they process the loss. Respect their memory and all that. Gun violence is the number one cause of death for kids in the U.S. When the caretakers dig a grave, they feel that trend in their hands. These men collect data in their own way. They don't necessarily know exactly what happened. They'll always know that something isn't right, health-wise, medically-wise. They know when the gun numbers are up because they'll get a lot of shooting victims and things like that. The caretakers have faced two epidemics, COVID and guns. They did their best to keep up. Johnny Hare says many of the burials were for teens and young people who died from gunshot injury. One time, it was just every weekend. It was just a study cloak, you know. This one getting killed over here, this one getting killed over there. They fighting against each other, some rival gangs, whatever they were. William Belt Jr., Jocelyn's brother, is also a caretaker. He says the work can take a toll, especially as a father. When it's a kid and they live the life and then you see other kids out, like they might have been their friends from daycare or um, school or something, and they grieving, that's just sad. But there's little time to dwell on emotion as the men do their work. Supervisor Johnny Hare says there's always plenty to do. It's a job that's got to be done. And this cemetery, no, not, there's nobody else to do it. <laughs> you know, and, you know, you, you just got to keep it, keep it together. I'm Carrie Anthony in Millsot, Illinois. And that story is from our partner, Kaiser Health News. The NAACP is committed to equality for all people, especially the equality of foundational black Americans. Every other child gets a chance at economic equality. Every other child gets a chance of living the best life they possibly can. Doesn't he deserve a chance to? Learn more at NAACP.org. Online radio at its best. The surveillance video of the October 28th incident appears to show DePat breaking into the back of Pelosi's San Francisco home. Mr. Pelosi was able to call 911. He sounded hesitant to get off of the phone with the operator. 
Take a listen. He thinks everything's good. Uh, I've got a problem, but he thinks everything's good. Zero, uh, okay. Call us back if you change your mind. No, no, no. This, this gentleman just uh, came into the house. Uh, and he wants to wait here for my wife to come home. Authorities say the pap fractured Paul Pelosi's skull by swinging a hammer into his head after officers arrived at his home. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's fifty two minutes after the hour, eight minutes before the top of the hour. You're listening to the serious side. Another video was released this week as well. Uh, the video of Paul Pelosi being uh, just. Uh, attacked uh, by some crazy lunatic who broke into their home. It's just shocking to watch this. And, you know, Mr. Elias, when we, you know, we've been talking about the video of uh, Tyree Nichols, uh, but this video was horrific as well. And thank God that the, the angle in which the officer was standing, you could not see when the hammer hit Paul Pelosi, but that guy hit him with everything he had. And for this man to still be alive, remember, he's an 82-year-old, I think he's in his 80s. For him to be to, to be alive, man, is a miracle within itself. What say you? Yeah, I, I watched the video, man, and it was shocking, man. That, that you know, and it, 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 when they said, both of you dropped the hammer, the guy was like, I ain't, I'm not dropping this hammer. And, and Paul Pelosi's by rights shouldn't he, he didn't drop it either. But, you know, that's when they should have rushed him. But, hey, man, look, that's armchair quarterback, and that's, you know, yeah. that, 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 that's, uh, you know, but that's neither here nor there. But that the whole thing, when I watched it, and he broke into the house, he went to the back, and he, and he you know, he beat his way into the house. I'm like, what kind of security system do you have? You know? Wow. I, you know, I, 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 I just a lot of things started playing in my mind. And then for him to just get, he, man, he hit that, he hit that gentleman, Mr. Pelosi, with a lot of force, man. Wow. That took him, man, my God, man, that was horrific. That was yeah. horrific, man. But you know what, Mr. Elias, guess what? Republicans are still, still trying to find a way to make light of this situation. They were talking they were talking they were talking to a contributor to Fox News the other day. And this guy was like, Well, well where where did he break in? I mean, they're they're saying he did this, uh and the Fox News host said, Hey, wait a minute. Look, he took a hammer and broke in. He's breaking in now. Oh, well I I didn't see that. Because their thing is, well, you know, this guy was invited in the house and all these crazy, loony people, man. I mean, what is wrong with America, Mr. Elias? I, I wish I wish I knew <laughs> because they, they, all the conspiracy theories that came out after that about uh, him, you know, with, the, with you know, Nancy Pelosi with the sex ring and, all this other stuff, man, how disgusting and what kind of despicable human being are you to see this man and know this man got attacked and you still, you still are this, this despicable and, and, and treating it like it's just no big thing, man. It, uh, you know, I, I don't understand people. I really don't. I don't understand the climate that we live in at all. I don't. But see, but here's the problem, Mr. Elias. This guy was 
you know, saying, spanning off the same nonsense that Donald Trump has been saying for years. And what Republicans yeah. don't understand is that there are some deranged people out there who, let me tell you something. I guarantee you, man, that most of the Republicans that are on Capitol Hill, with the exception of a few Looney Tunes, don't believe any of that stuff. They don't believe it. They're saying these things because they know that it's popular for their base. They're saying it because they know this information is catnip for their base. They don't believe it. That's why they're doing it. How dumb bro. is that? How dumb is what? that? Well, of why course, that's how dumb it like is. That? Of course. You're, 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 they don't you're, care. You're, you're saying something to, to incite your base that's hurtful to people. That, that's, that, to me, you know, man, where's the humanity at? Like I said, they don't care. In our previous segment, where's the humanity at? You know, they should care. They should well, they care don't. that you got people that are supporting you that want to see people get hurt and killed. They should care. Well, they but don't. They don't give a and, damn. Well, well, they don't give a damn. You're right about that. They don't give two you know what about any of this stuff. So they continue to sit here and spit this nonsense out there. Right, and so by continuing to spit this nonsense, you're you're because listen, think about it for a second. And we didn't talk about this because I wanted to bring this up as well. But let me lump it into this situation as well. Mike Pompeo, he's out promoting a book, and some of the nonsense he says in his book. Mike Pompeo, this guy is a Yale graduate, right? I mean, this guy is smart. He knows what he's doing. He's trying to sell books. They're saying whatever they need to say to gain power. It is wrong and it's ridiculous. And my God, man, when is this nonsense going to stop? And remember, after it happened, you had Republicans out telling jokes. We're going to send yeah. Nancy Pelosi back to California with the with the speaker's gavel. Oh, wait a minute. Or maybe it's a hammer. Too soon? Too soon? What? Oh, my God. These wow. people have kids. I mean, this is crazy, man. And when you think about this nonsense, you say to yourself, you know what? I'm not I'm not even going to put that out there. All I'm going to say is, is this. Steve Scalise, when he got shot and damn near died, you would think that I've talked to people who have almost died, and they said that, you know, I had, you know, it was like all of a sudden my wife flashed in front of me, and I said, I need to change the way I do business. Has he changed the way he's doing business? Nope. Nope. No, because nope. he's crazy just like because he can't relinquish their power. That's how politicians are. I, you know, yeah. and, and, and to bring us in on this, I think we need to bring our critical strategists in to tell us, how, how, you know, what, what his opinion is on this. No, it sounds like Jerome's in the house. Good morning, Jerome. Welcome in, brother. How are you? I'm good, man. How you guys doing? All right. Good morning, Jerome. Morning. Having a conversation about life, man. What, what, you give me your thoughts on this thing with Paul Pelosi and you, and the fact that the Republican Party, people, certain people in the Republican Party, continue to promote this nonsense about a stolen election when you know they, people showed up at Attorney General's house houses to pull them out in the middle of the night. You had folks trying to kidnap uh, the governor of Michigan. Uh, now you had this situation, have this situation with Paul Pelosi, but they continue to spout this nonsense, Jerome. Yeah, you know, it, we live in a in a country that, it, you know, it gives you the impression that it's doing one thing when it's doing something else, right? That whole law and order and we can't have violent criminals, but they only apply that 
when it comes to people who they are oppressing. I don't care who it is. Even in the pop in the Pelosi thing, you know, we can, we can say it over and over again. If the intruder was black or if Paul Pelosi was black, the whole construct would be different. White folks would see it different. They make it political because of that propaganda of hate for Nancy Pelosi. I don't know what Nancy Pelosi did to Republicans or or right-wing media or whoever, however they want to lay, um, label themselves. I don't know what she did to them that made them hate her so much. Like, I don't know how that works. And I don't really know if I, you know, this this is my profession. I don't know what Nancy Pelosi does. Like, what did she do specifically that made white folks just be like, you know, I hate her? And then well, look at AOC. Well, look, what, look at what they're doing with AOC. I mean, look what they're doing with. No, with uh, I, mean. I mean, this is what they do, dude. This is what they no, do. No. They make them. They make them criminals. They make them the boogeyman, and then you know, all of a sudden, people, yeah, they're the enemy. Because they interviewed this guy from jail. He called into a Fox TV station, and he apologized. Right? He apologized for not getting the rest of them. That's what he said. Well, I won't right. TV. But here's the thing. What, what we're missing here is that Fox is giving that due to platform. They're, they're actually creating a megaphone for stupid, right? Because, again, I don't know why you would hate them, to AOC or any of them, just because they said something, just because they want to do something different. And the complete opposite doesn't affect, you know, doesn't go into effect. Orrin Hatch was, you know, just racist and crazy. You can look at somebody like Joe Manchin, who stopped pretty much everything Democrats want to do. I don't see Democrats doing that to him. Do you know what I mean? And there's something else that we're missing in society that makes that plays into the fear of white folks generally across the board. That whole belief in deception and there's a secret whatever behind a pizza parlor, all of that nonsense. There's something that suspends their belief system that makes them feel like they are under attack in situations where we know propaganda. They're supposed to be smart. And I used to, we used to have conversations about this in the past that, you know, people are too smart. That person with the Yale or that person with the Harvard, those schools aren't teaching you jack. Understand that college is indoctrinating you. That's why people ask you, oh, what school you go to? But for you to have some kind of impression about their value just because they went to a college or, or not is stupid and on its head anyway, right? Nobody says that to, to Zuckerberg or Michael Dell or somebody. It's like they dropped out, but you don't look at them as college dropouts. They never say go back and go back to school. There's something about the programming of, um, of our culture and I think it's across the board, um, you know, European society across the board. I think there's something terribly flawed that we're missing, that we're having discussions about someone, what is normal or or why they're thinking the way they're do- thinking. I think it has to do with programming. It is sick across the board, right? And I'm sure, I know I missed the earlier segment, but it's like reducing a conversation about policing to the fact that the police are black. They're indoctrinated into the same system that's making those white folks hate the Pelosi's, the same people. 
right? So the Tucker Carlson's of the world got a job. Anybody who critically thinks will get fired. Tiffany Tiffany Cross got fired just because she said something. We need to examine how we're getting our news, how we're processing it, and we need to opt out of it. And I'm glad you're listening to the show, but we need to figure out a different way to translate all of this nonsense that's going on. I am not outraged by any of it because I still understand that this is just white people porn generally, right? It's like cry, yell, sing, dance, cry, scream, sing, dance. It's that. Hmm. We have to start looking at this stuff differently. Wow. That's uh that's pretty deep. Uh three four seven eight five oh one two seven two. But uh just we just live in a country where violence is second nature and it's almost to the point you just get desensitized to it. It's like, oh, okay, you know, I can play a video game and see something worse than this. And I'm not trying to blame video games. I'm not trying to justify why people are doing what they're doing. Yeah. Right. Just, and, and, and my point was, it's not second nature. Right. It is, it is essentially what this country is built on and what most countries are, are you know, the whole thing about, you know, if we look at Russia, Ukraine, you say, hey, mm-hmm. those are two, you know, European countries. Why are they fighting? Right. Because one of them said, I'm going to take your stuff. That's why. Yep. It's just that simple. Right? I can bully you, so I'm going to do it. This is this stuff is not new. And so we have to kind of adjust our thinking to why is it that this, the solution is, if I don't like you, I get to hit you over the head. Or or mm. if you're not doing what I think you should, if you don't have a microwave because everybody else has a microwave, you're outcast. Right? Yeah. It's that whole mean girl stuff and bullying stuff. We breed that. We breed yeah. that mob mentality stuff. So when we're That's talking true. about this and, you know, we're having, like, discussions about, you know, what's going on, I always prefer to say, what is it that we're being programmed or or prefer to think about it as what is it that we're being programmed and why are people emotionally moved by some things and not others? I'm still mm. disturbed by Trayvon Martin, um, yeah. by Trayvon Martin being killed because there is no winning for you even in, even when you're right, when you're black, right? Because yeah. you have to kind of explain your existence very different than everybody else. And we can watch very violent acts like, you know, the January 6th stuff. And white folks will play that off and have a freaking bowl of cereal and be like, yeah, it happened, but it wasn't really what it looked like. Mm -hmm. Right? We can suspend people's belief because we program folks to think of one one way and another another way. He was violently assaulted with a hammer. They should have, I would have shot him. I think that yeah. would have been my solution to that problem because you cannot finesse violence in that case where, yeah. you, you know, want to, and that dude's not remorseful. And, and he's yeah. getting support. He got a whole network that is trying to defend him. You know, yeah, so you're right about that. And when you when you talk about some of the commentators who, who actually responded to it, it's just ridiculous. All right, it's time for us to take a break. Uh, Mariana Music's Corner, part one's coming up next, and we'll continue the show. You're listening to the serious side, 347-850-1272. We'll be right back after this. I decided to pick up my 
completely different person. How it's, so? It's just, uh, at the beginning of the relationship, he was fine. Uh, he was so sweet, caring. Um, he actually, like, he showed uh, like that he actually cared and all. But later on, like, when I started finding out the lies, I thought it, that was it. Uh, that it was my phone that went see uh, that he stole, uh, that he pawned it, that I believe. Uh, the jewelry as well from uh, from our friend that used to live with us, uh, and the so, like the tickets to Hawaii that he had uh, uh, purchased for us to go, where he was going to be uh, proposing for the third time as well. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is a serious side on a pretty uh, cloudy and drowsy Sunday in the state of Texas. Hopefully the weather's better in your neck of the woods. Uh, once again, we appreciate you participating. George Santos, the lies continue with this guy. But for the first time, we're hearing, we're hearing from Republican leadership saying that if there is evidence that George Santos has committed a crime, that he will be removed from Congress. That comes from mm-hmm. the greatest speaker of all time, Kevin McCarthy. So now, <laughs> mm-hmm. start with you, Jerome. Right. So let me ask you this, Jerome, because I didn't think they could do this. So you can actually, so they said the ethics committee, if they come back and say that this guy has committed a crime, that they will throw him out of Congress. So you can actually do that? You can actually throw someone out of Congress? I, I did not know that. Oh yeah, you can you can get people out of Congress a, a lot of ways. It doesn't have to be, but the whole Congress has to vote on it. So that's already right. a trick. So you have to have the majority uh. of people. So people have gotten kicked out of Congress before. It's just not easy to do. So if you don't have, if it's shaky, you don't have enough votes. They really put a full House vote on kicking somebody out of Congress. That's why it's so difficult. You cannot like somebody, but Getting them out of Congress is different, is difficult. And you don't have to commit okay. a crime. It doesn't have to be an actual uh-huh. crime. You can get kicked out of Congress for a lot of reasons. It doesn't have to be that you, you're even prosecuted. So, right. yeah, there's a way to get, get someone out of Congress. Okay, see, and that's the reason why. Okay, so I figured that, okay, to expel someone, you would have to vote. That's where I was going with it. Because Kevin McCarthy said he will be put out of Congress. So he didn't say that, hey, we'll put him up, put him up for a vote. So I thought yeah, maybe Kevin, the Speaker had this power to say, okay, nope, you're out of here. Uh, but, it's, you know, that makes more sense what you're saying. Yeah, so, so, the, so the Speaker can take you out of your committee assignment. And they can just make you useless in Congress if that's, I mean, that's the chair's power. Because if the mm-hmm. controlling party, which is Kevin McCarthy, or the leadership, so if it was a Democrat, for example, how can Dreffies could say, you know what, we're stripping you of all your committee assignments, which means that you really don't, you'll just be there for regular votes, but you have no other function in Congress. So you can, you can render them powerless in Congress, but kicking them out of Congress you have it's a different process to kick someone out. Like you really hmm. have to vote on it. So you can you can be convicted of a crime and stay in Congress. It doesn't matter. Congress has to kick you out of Congress. Hmm. Okay. But well, that's, why, let me, let me, that's why it never mattered mm-hmm. if somebody was brought up on charges. Because you know Matt Gates should have been gone a long time ago if it was just an ethics thing. But Nancy Pelosi wouldn't even bring him up. 
because hmm. the ethics of the guy who he was with being convicted of a crime that Matt Gates was involved in, which means he should have been a co-conspirator or whatever. It was that underage girl um, situation. Matt Gates was, it was Matt Gates, his friend, and that underage girl. But the one guy goes yep. to jail, but Matt Gates doesn't. There's something right. else. They just didn't charge Matt Gates. But in Congress, if there was an ethical issue, the ethics department said, should have said, hey, we know you was there. We know you wasn't charged, but that's unethical, blah, blah, blah. Let's take it to a full vote. But Nancy Pelosi never brought it to a full vote because of the political ramifications of those guys saying, oh, you're just prosecuting me because I'm a Republican. You would need both sides to agree that you need to – that. You don't need to be in Congress. Both sides pretty much have to agree before they would bring you to a natural vote like that. Hmm. So, so yeah, let me ask something. you something. Oh, go, no, ahead. go ahead. No, no, no you I say you can do something egregious, and they will. They can band together and kick you out of Congress. All right, Mr. Elias, do you think uh, George Santos? Do you think he's going to serve his full term? Yeah, I do. I, I truly believe he will. And I just can't tell McCarthy's shady, man. He says one thing and he does another. So, yeah, I, I think the service full-time. <laughs> yeah, he is. Mm. Let's call it what it is, man. He, it, 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 if, if Santos could serve some, serve some type of purpose for uh, Kevin McCarthy, he's just, he's just, spouting, he's just spouting rhetoric. And uh, this guy will serve his full-time. Yeah. Well, well Okay, but do you think that with the way the media is hounding him every day, uh, with new stories coming out every day, now there's a story about his campaign financing report, you know, the docu- you know the report that they have to fill out when you run for Congress uh, or run for any elected office because that even happens here locally. Um, the fact that I think at $200, and Jerome, you could probably explain this better than I, uh, at $200, it kicks in some type of review, and there were separate lines on his campaign finance report that came to $199. This guy is rotten through and through. They interviewed his ex-boyfriend. He stole his ex-boyfriend's phone. He stole jewelry from their ex-roommates. This guy stole money from a veteran who's trying to get his dog cured of cancer. This guy is rotten. And so now, Hakeem Jeffries is saying, look, this guy shouldn't be allowed to see top-secret documents. He's a liar. He's a fraud. And he's a crook. Have you ever seen, Jerome, anything like this before at all? Just the um, amount yeah, of stuff Donald- that's coming out. Really? Well, okay, outside of that guy. Okay, you're right. Oh, okay. In Congress. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. That all the time. You know, I, I do want to say that that one that two ninety nine. It's usually a hundred dollars, like ninety nine dollars. But the reason that number is important is because if you give above two hundred dollars, you have to report the name. In the, in the address and whatever of the person who contributed. So you give $99 or $199 so that it's anonymous. That's why there's okay. so many 199s. Because once it's 200 you have to say who this person is, and you have to gather some data, and you have to report that um, campaign okay. finance stuff. So, 
So that's why people have, you know, fundraisers that are $99 or or some odd oh. number that's just the threshold. Okay. So there yeah, you go. So 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 but 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 once again, all these lies are coming out about this guy. They're talking about how his uh uh uh, uh the situation with the money that he lit his campaign. Now, you know, now we're finding out that that was false. Everything about him is a lie. And, and, and the fact that this guy is still, still in Congress, I, I, I just don't, we have a system in place that it's like there's no way you can come back. If someone does anything wrong, how do you even fix it, right? Because look at, the situation with Clarence Thomas. You know, we know for a fact that Clarence Thomas was the only justice who voted against releasing information from the Trump administration. And you know why? Because he knew his wife had been in contact with Meadows. So how is that not an automatic? We have to have better laws in place to get rid of this stuff. Because it's like it's going to take an act of Congress to get these people out. He should be impeached automatically. Yeah, and they they usually they're relied on self regulation. The higher you up, the right. higher you are in management. The higher you are in politics, the more that it's supposed to be like the honor system, right? Like right. They vote on whether your peers vote on that, and most of them have their own dirt. So it's very difficult for them to um, get rid of someone because. Everybody has their own dirt. If you if you think about politics this way, um, that you look at um, President Biden's son, every, like people are really trying to to disqualify Biden for something his son did. Imagine if Biden did something. Now hmm. Trump did something and we couldn't get him out, and now they're shooting a shot at his child. Do you know what I mean? It's all crazy. Mm-hmm. Like. The way the system kind of functions to regulate itself kind of is only one-sided. Again, Al Franken resigned from Congress for some bull. Al Franken Uh was like some woman who was asleep says, oh, I felt this kind of way. He didn't touch her, but I felt this kind of way. And all of the women on the Democratic side was like, well, we got to let him go. So the men was like, yeah, we got to let him go. That's nonsense. He should have just looked at them like they were crazy. So yeah. we have this thing that we we treat certain people like they have to walk on water, and the other people unethically will break a system because they don't have any conscious consciousness or or any construct of following the rules. They don't care. So you know we have not just two different systems. We have different ways of living and viewing. Right, so the Republicans, even though they're picketing to get to, um, get him out of Congress in New York, they're not really picketing because the, the constituents, the Republicans, they know that they can't get that district. They it was a fluke that they wanted, so they will take anybody, as long as there's not another Democrat in there. That's how crazy we are as a society. Nothing yeah, about we are world. Not so. That's up. It's just crazy what's going on around here, and it continues to happen, and there's nothing, you know, it's like nothing anyone can do. All right. 
All right, step out, take a break. Uh, 347 It's time for another Mariana Music break. And uh, after that, we'll continue to rock. 347 We'll be right back after this.
You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our call-in number. You're listening to the Serious Side of the J. Ross Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Of course, I'm Jay Ron. I never share the stage by myself, but before I bring in the players, let me say what's up to my big sis who's out there on the seven seas doing what she does. Hopefully, she'll be back here next week to Vanessa Maybelli from the McAnally. Hello, Vanessa. Mr. Elias is in the house as well. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. And Juan, good morning, Nessa. Juan, good morning, Momo B. Juan, good morning, Real D. Juan, good morning, uh, Kathleen. Juan, good morning, Rich Sister. Juan, good morning, Mariana Music. And Mariana Music, that first one was by Liv Warfield. And it's called I Decided, and the last song was called Over, featuring Yeti, and it's by Robert Glasper. And good morning, my brother Hawk, and good morning, my brother Jerome. Good morning, Mr. Jerome Esprit. He's in the house. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, player. You said you had to introduce uh, <laughs> Yeah, I like that. So look here, man. What are you talking about today, man? Well, can you give us a, a, a smidgen of what's happening uh, today at... Uh, it's top of the hour or no? Well, I, I am going to start off um, some black history because, you know, Black History Month is coming. And so we should be doing some information anyway. So we're going we're gonna to start off with making people smarter as always. You know, so that's what we're going to do. And that sounds like a plan, man. Can't wait to hear it coming up at the top of the hour on a need-to-know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome Street. And Mr. Elias as well, cooking and dropping stuff. There he is. Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some people in the chat room, if you don't mind, sir? I'm not cooking and dropping anything. That's from your stuff. Uh, we got Covina, man. It's in there. <laughs> What's up, Covina, man? How you doing, my brother? Pastor Steve's in the house. Uh, we have Teddy in the house. Tamar. Uh, ooh, we have some uh Joe, Belinda. Who else we have? Quite a few people listening to us. Thank you so much. Can't wait to read your comments during the Pastor Steve's State Your Case segment of the show. Jerome, man, before you got in here, man, I asked Mr. Elias about the Final Four uh, that we have playing today. So I'm going to ask you the same question. Who's going to be the AFC representative for the Super Bowl? Who's going to be the NFC representative for the Super Bowl? Oh, man. Um, uh-huh. All right. Oh. I can only tell you who I want to win. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. What'd you say? I said, okay, fine. Give it to me. (laughs) Wait a minute. So in all fairness, okay, so so I'm not getting this wrong. Who's playing for the AFC? So that's Kansas City, right? That's Kansas City and Cincinnati. Okay, so that's Kansas City and Cincinnati. Who's NFC? Uh, Eagles and 49ers. The 49ers, yeah. Okay. All right, so I didn't I didn't want to get them, get them wrong on this one. But, okay, so I am pulling for um, Kansas City because I just don't like Cincinnati. Right I don't know why. Right on. Right on. <laughs> I like Jay. I like Jay's Taylor's ass. Yeah. No, like, no, see, 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 you're lying. You're lying. I said that I think if tight. I had to give an analysis, hey, tight. I used to be a host. I used to be a host of a very popular uh, online uh, sports show, bro, Powerhouse Sports Talk Radio. Hoo-hoo. I have to give my professional analysis, and I think that the Bengals will win. But I said that I hope that Kansas City wins. That's what I said. 
Go ahead, so Jerome. I, I'm from Kansas City in this one. And, you know, the, the second one is hard because, you know, Philly kind of beat the Giants. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with um, – I'm going to go with Philly, even Come though on, yeah. I think... Come on, bro. Yeah, go with Philly. I have to say East Coast on this one. Okay, even See, though you saw what? I really think San Francisco has a good chance of winning, but I'm going to go with Philly. Man, you know what? I'm done talking to you after that, bro. Me and you were there until you said that. All right, we're moving on because I can't talk. I can't stand Jerome for the next 10 minutes. Jerome, I can't right. stand him for the next 10 minutes. I can't stand him. I can't stand <laughs> We understand. <laughs> oh, man. You know, they so I shouldn't be pulling from Philly at all. Be <laughs> Come on, man. It's an African-American quarterback. You should always pull for one of those. Come on, man. Flavor Flav and Chuck D would be ashamed of you right now. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. They know I'm, they, they know I'm still in the game. We're all in the same game. <laughs> Player. Uh. <laughs> for the Himalayas, I got you. All right, last topic for the day. <laughs> Online radio at its best. Well, I mean, I think the issue in terms of the concerns, the danger, uh, the threats to democracy related to Donald Trump speak for themselves. And I think many of us will probably have more to say about that to the extent that, you know, he moves forward with his so-called uh, presidential campaign it happens to be a very low energy campaign, by the way. That was a uh, Democratic minority leader, Hakeem Jeffries, when he was asked about the fact that Facebook has allowed Donald Trump to get back on his platform. They also had uh, the guy Fuentes, they let him back on the platform only to suspend him less than 24 hours later because of some nonsense that he was doing. You know, I don't get this, man. Um, I guess on one hand, Facebook, you know, Instagram and, you know, all these different social media outlets, they're private companies, right? So I guess they can allow on their platform who they want. But because of the, the, the footprint that they have, not only here nationally at home, but what's happening worldwide, you know, they should be more responsible. And, you know, what they're saying is that, and one of the reasons why Facebook let Donald Trump back on, at least this is what they're telling the press, Mr. Elias, is the fact that, you know, that the country has the right to hear from a person who has, from a presidential candidate. You know, the suspension was only for two years, two years, it's up, but we're going to monitor him. And so, you know, if he says something outlandish, we're going to kick him off the platform. So they kind of contradict themselves because they're saying, on one hand, the public needs to hear from him. But at the same time, they're saying, but if he says something stupid and cites violence, we're going to kick him off. And they let that guy Fuentes back on, which I still don't understand how a guy with a last name of Fuentes is a white, whatever he is, supremacist. But they let this guy back on, and, you know, and he wasn't on there 24 hours before they kicked him back off. I don't get it, man. Well, give me give me your thoughts on this one. Well, you know something, man? He ain't mad <laughs> If he served his two-year suspension, let him back on. I, I agree. Let him back on. Do his what? thing because he's no bad. Yeah, let him back on. Let him back on because he'll be right back on. But, you know, come on. Let him, let him no, back on. No, you don't on. let him back on. That's how January 6th came about. Because that no. people are using that as a meeting place, Mr. Elias, to go out of here and create harm for people. What are you talking about? Yeah. 
Let them back on. They got private chat rooms. You don't think they got Well, I don't get what okay, well, then make it harder. Don't make it easier. Make it harder. Don't make it easier. Okay. Yeah, well, you know what, man? <laughs> Let's call it what it is, man. Look, let him he's going to he's gonna do something to be back off. Like the guy, like you just said, the guy who went there off in 24 hours. You don't think Trump will be off in 24 hours? Well, he hasn't said he's going back yet, but, you know, with his 10,000 followers on Truth Social, I mean, you know, stop it, man. Uh, Jerome, man, what say you? Just let him back on. So who was the guy that they let back on after 24 hours? I mean, that got kicked back off. Who was that guy? Uh, Fuentes. He's a, he's a, 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 white, uh, a white supremacist. He's a white nationalist for Je- on January 6th, right? Yeah. Right. Is that who was- okay. So here, here's the deal. I don't remember them talking about Honorable Minister Farrakhan about letting him back on, right? Well, he's, I didn't know he was kicked off. Him, yeah, they tried to ban him off Facebook because when they took Trump off, they said, oh, we're going to get rid of these voices too. So it was a big news oh, wow. story about trying to kick oh, wow. them off of Facebook, right? Oh, that's right. So, that's right. We talked about that on this show. My bad. Okay, you're right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Right. So, so. You know, whether you're fighting for, for you know, black lives or you're fighting for women's rights or whatever, that becomes radical to violent people, right? Like, they make really bad comparison. But then when, no matter how violent you are or how much you hate, they will still put you back on if you're white, which, which I know that sounds like a lot of race stuff for people, but they need to get over it. They need to get over it and see the hypocrisy in this. That, that they're not finding, like, we have to rationally talk about um, their existence in this world. They can't get banned for Jack for too long. Just like Elon Musk was like, oh, we're going to put him back on Twitter. He pretty much bought Twitter um, just to make sure that radical voices were heard. But if black right. people remotely sound violent, the FBI would show up at your door. Again, we, I think that's why I don't really have any outrage for any of this, because the hypocrisy is just, like, blatant, but at the same time, we're talking about it like there's some rational reason why you could or could not do something, right? I'm, I, one of the stories I am going to talk about is, you know, um, you know, next hour, is about, you know, AI, just having artificial intelligence stuff in there. Artificial intelligence, we right now know that your facial facial recognition software does not work on black people. So you know what's going to happen when something happens. They're going to round up all the black people who fit a profile. They know it does not work, but they're going to still use that stuff against us. So I, I don't have any, you know, thoughts about why they're doing one thing opposed to the other because it is meant, I think, to cause chaos. Keeping division amongst people keeps people who have power and money in power. It helps you not focus on them. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just like, you know, like I said, whether you're emasculating men and, and, like, all of that stuff is just creating division just to keep power. So when Facebook makes a decision to put somebody who's racist and conservative, like, hateful stuff, and just keep banning him every now and then until we lose consciousness of him being banned, and then he'll just be on there. You can go on Facebook and create another account. 
and be under, under as an alias. So they're all aware of that. But they do need to be regulated. So whenever you have a monopoly in this country, whether it's Facebook or, you know, social media giants like that, um, yeah. they do have to hear to Congress if Congress wasn't so doggone crazy. Yeah, and see that's the see that's what I'm talking about, Jerome. Because you know a lot, you know they they have done studies and surveys and say that most young people get their news from these social media platforms. So so how can you regulate, you know, standard media so to speak, but then you allow Facebook and all these other guys just to continue to 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 like you said just kind of operate in this space where they're not regulated. And then right. their response is, "Well, wait a minute. We're just we're just giving people the uh, the platform to you know, express themselves, uh, you know, uh, digitally. I mean, you know, can, can if a person says something, can you stop a person's freedom of speech? We're just giving them a platform to say it where everybody else can hear it. But it's just crazy, right? Right. It it is crazy, and I they need to be regulated. And I know that's where they spend." you know, millions of dollars lobbying. So the system is, is corrupt and it always has been, but capitalism rule, rules the day. And yeah. I think that we made it such a bad word, like capitalism is God. We need to understand that money buys influence, and you cannot get any kind of fairness when it comes to the value of how money plays in our society, whether it is campaign finance or whether it right. is, you know, building a freaking strip mall. Like, whatever that is, people use money mm-hmm. for all sorts. We just don't see the value of it because your morals and ethics don't allow you to do that. But that's not how money is made. It's that, right. it's that um, Chris Rock joke. It's like when you see a or, – or Dave Chappelle, when you see somebody rich, there's been a crime committed <laughs> like that. Right. To get that rich, you have to wrong some people. Right, right. Right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. People are starting to send me messages saying that the episode is, has ended. I, I'm not seeing that here, but uh, interesting. I don't know, Miss Elias, are you seeing this as well? No, it's still going. Well, well yeah, it is. It has ended. No, 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 no. It's still on the air. It's still on the air. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Well, I didn't know. I'm like, what? Okay. Anyway, yeah. Well, you know how this stuff can be sometimes. Uh, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. So yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, I hear what you're saying, Mr. Elias, and and you know, let them back on your know, free speech and all this nonsense. But I do agree. I think Jerome hit the nail on the head. There needs to be some type of reg, you know regulatory guidance when it comes to these platforms because you know once again, people are using these platforms as a source of getting information. And if you're going to disseminate disseminate information, you know, one of the things that people talk about all the time is that, you know, in the uh, Constitution it talks about a free, uh, you know, having a, a free press. And, but, you know, obviously the founding fathers had no idea that there would be Facebook and that some of them even have Facebook pages taping dead over hundreds of years. So it's like, you know, nobody knows this. They didn't anticipate this. Just like they didn't anticipate the presidency of Donald Trump, so it's like the rules need. There needs to be some amendments in place because they had no idea that these, like you said, Jerome, when we talked about, you know, in the last segment of how, you know, these self-regulating 
um, uh, 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 institutions in place. You know, you're supposed to take care of yourselves and do the right thing. They didn't anticipate having these corrupt individuals in these positions of power. Mr. Elias, let me give you the last word, bro. Look, man, Donald Trump is going to be Donald Trump. He's an idiot. And give him 24 hours and he'll be right back off Facebook because this man cannot hold who he is. So he's going to say something about, he's going to say something about, and of course he's going to always have his followers, but he'll be he'll be right back on Facebook within 24 hours because he can't hold his tight. He don't know how to he don't know how to, to communicate with people on a regular basis. So, <laughs> well, with your permission, I think Jerome wanted to say something. Man, Jerome, can we give Jerome the last word? Jerome, go ahead. It sounds like you wanted to say something means. right before we stepped out. I just wanted to say really quickly about that is that. I don't know if you guys know what the fairness doctrine is, but the fairness doctrine was taken away by um, by Ronald Reagan. And what it did for television news is it said that mm-hmm. if you have opinionated news, you have to have a counterpoint. Like, so those programs, point counterpoint happened. Oh, there was wow, a fairness okay. doctrine. So Got when it. they took that away, they created Fox News, which means that you can lie on the news without any repercussions mm-hmm. FTC. So when we look oh, wow. at what's going on with that now, and them taking away regulations and letting people just put out bad information, that stuff is done on purpose. But Reagan took away the fairness doctrine. Yeah, I remember that. There you go. Learned something new today. Had no idea that that was the case. All right, it's time for the NPR News update. Last one for the morning. And we'll be back with Pastor Steve. State your case and our final thoughts. You listen to the serious side, 347 You hope the Sunday's going well. Folks, coming up in about uh, 45 minutes. Ooh, not 45 minutes, 15 minutes on the need to know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome Street. We'll be right back after this. A core member of the punk rock band Television has died in New York City after a brief illness. Tom Verlaine was 73. Verlaine was a guitarist and a singer, and NPR's Chloe Veltman says he developed a cult following over his long career. Tom Verlaine was the founding father of the New York punk rock scene of the 1970s. Thanks to his careening lyrics and jagged guitar style, Television's first album from 1977, Marquee Moon, helped to lay the foundation for alternative rock. Jessie Paris-Smith is the daughter of musician Patti Smith, who collaborated with and dated Verlaine. Jessie Smith says she met Verlaine as a kid. In him, I, I just felt the energy of a father, you know, a man to hug, to laugh with, to share in mysterious jokes. During a career spanning five decades, Verlaine also achieved success as a solo artist and collaborated with the likes of David Bowie and Sonic Youth. Chloe Veltman, NPR News. Novak Djokovic has won his 10th Australian Open championship a year after he was deported from Australia because he was not vaccinated against COVID-19. Djokovic beat Stefano Tsitsipas in today's men's singles final. The victory is his 22nd Grand Slam title, matching Rafael Nadal's mark for the most in men's tennis history. The winners of today's NFL games will play in the Super Bowl in two weeks. The Philadelphia Eagles host the San Francisco 49ers, and then Kansas City plays Cincinnati. I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Smartwool. For more than 25 years, Smartwool has been making merino wool socks and apparel designed to keep you comfortable 
because SmartWool believes that comfort sharpens focus and lets you perform beyond your limits. Comfort for the extreme and the easygoing. SmartWool is here to help you feel good. Now it's up to you how far you will go. SmartWool. Go far. Feel good. Listen to this podcast sponsor-free on Amazon Music with a Prime membership or any podcast app by subscribing to NPR News Now Plus at plus.npr.org. That's plus.npr.org. All right, welcome back in. It's time for Pastor Steve's Nature Case. Comments from our world-famous uh, chat room and from social media. Let me read some comments that I have here. One from Pastor Steve. He says, peace and blessings, family. This was a powerful show. Well done, guys. Uh, special thanks to UJ for really digging deep into the officer's experience as a member of an elite police force. I remember that show. God bless this nation. God bless the family. And God bless the family of Tyree Nichols. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, yeah. Uh, DeAndrea from Baltimore. She says, hey, man, Jerome. Yeah, I've been programmed to accept this BS. Uh, Christy from Houston. Condolences to the Nichols family. You should still be here. When people kill cops, we call them cop killers. What about killer cops? Justice for Tyree. Well said, Christy. Uh, oh, Belinda from Chicago says, thank you on your segment on Babyland. Okay. A great and an important story that should be heard. Thank you, Belinda. Uh, we try our best. Uh, let's see. Let's do a couple of more. Uh, Joe from Baton Rouge. He says, y'all need to spend more time talking about all the killings in the black community. We are killing ourselves, and everyone seems to be okay with it. If we don't address it, then how the hell should we expect the shows of the Caucasian persuasion to cover it? Shameful. Damn, Joe. Uh, One more. Lamar. From uh, Mississippi says, I really love your show. What other platforms are you on? Okay, let, let, me, let me do something we normally don't do. Let me, let me address what Joe just said. Uh, Joe, um, we do talk about what happens within our community. And I guess by you saying what you said, you're insinuating that we don't. That's, that's disrespectful. That's shameful, brother. I guess, I don't know if you're a brother or not, but well, I'm assuming you're a brother. But that's, that's shameful because we, we pride ourselves on trying to make sure that we put programming out that's specifically addressed to our people. Now, we talk a lot of politics, but at the same time, we do talk about these things. So, Joe, I'm going to tell you something, man, that I have. This is the first time I'm saying this in 2023. If you don't like what we're doing, change the damn channel. Kick rocks. Go somewhere else. Don't come in me with that nonsense, man. Don't come in us with that nonsense. Uh, Good, Jerome. You you want you want you want to get you want some of this too, Jerome? Yeah, you know. Here's here's the thing. Now, I'm not gonna be so harsh out of telling me kick rocks, but I, here's the thing. I under, I understand what he's saying to say that you want a show that's gonna address issues in the black community, but we're not talking to the black community specifically, right? There's some in-house cleanup that we need to do. And so if we're going to do a show that's talking about how you address black people, you need to go where black people are and address those issues. What we are doing, and this is from my perspective, what I am doing, 
is I need to make sure that we don't segment black people to pigeonhole us to understand something from one perspective, right? We are not about the violence in the black community. We have all of these other aspects of black life that we need to be talking about and exploring, and violence is not our primary issue, right? So I'm on a board of, uh, of an organization called Street Addiction, right? That's what they deal with. They deal with when there's a shooting in a community, they go out and deal with that. They have trauma response. They have all of that. But I'm also on other boards that deals with getting kids in school or something else. We cannot be narrow-minded to say, hey, we need to address this one issue because there's too many issues for the black community to ignore. We need to deal with finance, you know, people learning about finance. We need to deal with, you know, domestic violence in some cases. We need to deal with wellness. We need to deal with health. We have all of these issues. So one particular issue, and I know you didn't come in there with any hostility. I didn't hear that in what Jay read. But we have to be really careful about morphing programs into something that they're not. And so it is not Hmm. that we don't care about our folks. You can probably hear it in our voices that we care about our folks. But we are being preyed upon, which I think is more important in my own personal mission that we understand that a lot of our ailments are become are because of our oppression, right? So when you're oppressed, you do some crazy stuff. And if we don't get people off of us, then we can't even clean up our own communities because we are all locked in this jail that is allowing us to do some stuff that is out of character. People do not... It's like listening, looking at domestic violence particularly, and I'm sorry for going on about this, but this no. is important that as you're listening to this program that you understand that, that there are bigger things that are forcing the black community to create cert- have certain environments or certain elements in it that if we don't lift it off of us, we can't correct any of those other problems, right? You can't study if your lights ain't on at home or if you're cold hmm. or, you, or you're not and you can't eat. You're going to yeah. have some hostility in your house if nobody's eating inside of your house. There you go. What he said, he can still kick rocks. All right, uh, Lamar, uh, you talked about uh, what pl- what platforms. You can hear us on uh, iHeartRadio. You can hear us on iTunes. You can hear us on Intuned, uh Player FM. Um, uh, there's a podcast I found this on uh, not too long ago. There's plenty of places to listen to the serious side. All you have to do is just go to Google and type in S-E-R-I-O-U-S-I-D-E, and uh, all the available platforms will be there for you. And on that note, online radio at its best. It is time for our final thoughts and. Uh, Mr. Jerome is free, man. You're our first final thoughts. Oh, my bad. I guess I took so much time. That probably was my final thought. <laughs> but I'll have to <laughs> kind of defer, defer that a little bit. No, man, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. You know what I mean? Go ahead, brother. We got plenty of time. <laughs> no, you know, I I, I just kind of wanted, wanted to say that that was not my hostility towards my brother. It was just saying that there's a lot of stuff in our community that we need to deal with, and everybody um, pretty much fights their the fight in the lane that they're in. So we're I want to make sure that before you go to work tomorrow, 
um, getting news from us or getting information from us gives you a different perspective and another way to think about life opposed to the programmed way that we're getting on television and, and focusing on things that other people want you to focus on. We have to get right. smarter, and it, it's kind of our job to do that. And also, I want to say to um, to Mariana Music, I don't know when the last time she's been on the show, but I want to send out a yeah. send out a um, a flair to tell her to come on the show. <laughs> I haven't heard her voice yeah. in a long time. Yeah, okay, it's been a minute. Right? It's been yeah. a minute, yeah. I hope everything's okay with her. You know, I, you know, the last time we we uh, heard from her was, I think she was overseas, and uh, and I, yeah, yeah, it's been what about six months, seven months. That's been a minute. So yeah, if you're listening, Mariana, yeah, touch base. We, you know, we definitely would like, love to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, we're still make sure her you're out. doing okay. Wishing her well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll find ass. Oops, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? All but, right, Mr. Elliott, <laughs> my, my bad, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, that's true. That's oh, you're right. I forgot I about that. Out of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. I'm sorry, uh, Miss Marietta Music Mother. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but she is fine. All right, Mr. Elias, man, the man against the first Elias working on the serious side. Mr. Elias, man, final thoughts. Wow. Look, folks, get out and vote and and make a change. Don't just vote in the in the in the, in the, uh, the, the presidential election. Vote in your vote in your regional elections and 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 get some of these clowns out of office. Because if you don't, you won't have any change in your. You can't blame no. You can't have a change in your. Uh, political climate unless you get these clowns out of office. So get out and vote, folks. Yeah, and listen, uh, in all seriousness, uh, you know, Joe from Baton Rouge, you know, the way Jerome, the way he worded it was, you know, once again, he's eloquent. He said exactly what should have been said. But for me, I read that comment completely different, Um, you know, and we put a lot into this show. You, you don't understand the amount of hours that it takes to produce segments. You don't understand the type of love and, and the, ten, the, the TLC that we put into the show. So when someone comes at us and says, well, you know, you're not covering this, you're not doing that, you're not, you're not, you're not. We're, we are just one of millions of platforms out there where you can get information. We just hope that the information that we put out here is accurate. The information that we put out here comes from our heart. And the information that we put out here is useful for you as you go about doing what you need to do. We're not going to please everybody. We're not going to be able to cover every story. But at the end of the day, we try our best. So, listen, maybe you were coming from a place of malice. Maybe, you know, and listen, brother, I feel for you because our community, we do need uh, help and we do need a voice. But we try to play our role. So, you know, my apologies for telling you to kick rocks. But, uh kick rocks. And on that note, Mr. LES, <laughs> it's a Sunday. And we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? I'm sorry. It's time for the serious side of the J. Ralph show. <laughs> I'm playing, man. No kick rocks. Actually, kick rocks. All right. So, for my main man, Mr. Jerome Spree, for Vanessa out there on the seven seas, and for Mr. LES, I'm J. Ralph. Wishing you a wonderful work week. And remember, if it is Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. Coming up next, on a need-to-know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit. God bless. Be safe. And if God's willing, we'll see you right back here next week 
on the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Allegedly just to the flag of the United States of America. All right, folks, it is time for your weekly dose. I've only need to know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome, the man Jerome, man. What do you have cooking this morning, sir, for your show today? You know, um... I don't even know where to begin because of all of the I, I thought about this because of the the news coverage and all the stuff that's going on in the world is so negative. I always yeah. kinda feel like do you start off a show with negative or do you talk about something outside of negative? I don't, how do you decide how to start the show, Jay? When you start the show uh, how do you start the show? Do you, do you just hit uh, up in the face? Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you just start swinging, bro. I think you just have to keep it going, you know. I mean, listen, their face is already, you know, kind of already messed up. Just keep punching, man. Yeah, just yeah, let it go. Just 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 go. Just <laughs> yeah, go. you just you just hit him in the face. Just go, you man. Know, okay. Just go. You just gotta, yeah, you just gotta keep it going, man. Because you know, sometimes you have to have serious conversations, Jerome. And this is one of those moments in history, brother. So just keep swinging, man. Keep swinging. <laughs> All right, so. So while, while we're swinging, I, I am going to take this off into, since we're going to do a little black history, we just left Martin Luther King celebration stuff week. So I want to start off with correcting some history with Martin Luther King, right? Mm. So, you know, when we think of Martin Luther King celebrations, I didn't understand why this kind of bothered me so much because I never would really go. Because anytime we celebrate it, and I know it's for the kids, but anytime we celebrate it, we talk about Martin Luther King from 1963 and not 1968 Martin Luther King, right? The guy in 68 was a whole lot more harder. Like you said, we need to take, we need to go to a more aggressive, more violent, take women and children out of this struggle because he felt that white folks was not going to change, right? Who's mm. that message in talking about Martin Luther King? As well as we're losing the messaging on the fact that um, the U.S. was convicted of criminal conspiracy to assassinate Martin Luther King in 1995. There was a jury trial and everything. And during our Martin Luther King um, remembrance, is what we call him, it's not a celebration, but our remembrance of Martin Luther King, nobody speaks about that. And that drives me absolutely crazy that we can't update our thinking when we get more information. So the U.S. was found guilty in 95. Coretta Scott King, the, the, the thing is, is, I'm sorry, the verdict was in December 8, 1999. It wasn't in 95. But the, the King family who filed that civil suit was only awarded $100 when they won. And their concession to reason why they didn't want a big amount Right, And they donated it to charity, by the way. But the reason they said they didn't want it is because they needed the government to provide them with information. So they had 70 witnesses in a civil trial in Memphis, Tennessee. And they um, said that, yeah, James Earl Ray didn't have anything to do with her husband getting killed. So this Lieutenant Earl Clark um, 
from the Memphis Police Department and one of the restaurant owners um, who was the assassin, according to the press conference uh, in, the, in the transcript, claimed that it would be um, it would be you know called into question about how he died. They knew it would come out later. So Memphis produced um, the the person who was involved. One was involved in the mafia. Gave this guy Jowers, the restaurant owner, a hundred thousand dollars to hire an assassin, and assured him that the police would not be at the scene of the shooting. That was a conspiracy between the police and that restaurant owner, the mob dude. So they hired somebody to kill Martin Luther King, and not only did they get found guilty of the of the shoot, or not found guilty of um, the conspiracy. It came out a little bit later that Martin Luther King didn't even die on the balcony of the Lorraine. He got killed at the hospital. A doctor smothered him with a pistol. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that in the news story. There. They said they, they, uh, they put a pillow over his face and suffocated him. Yeah. 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 While some of the nurses and stuff spat on him. Yeah. That's the world that yeah. we're living in. So anytime mm-hmm. I see a Martin Luther King celebration, I think we need to be like, okay, you know what? We need to actually kind of talk about what this country has done to black people, starting with somebody who they want to celebrate. We can't even tell his story yeah. accurately because now it's like, oh, no, we're doing this for the kids. No. You know, James O. Ray was set up to take the blame. And... Um, and Coretta Scott King said she wanted to make it very clear that her family has no intention in, um, in retribution. They wanted that story to get out. So the reason that the, it, it still went under the radar for all of these years is the family said, I just want this story ter- told. Coretta Scott King said she expressed her gratitude to the jury and called on the media to make the truth public, and we still have it since 1999. That is a major crime. So I wanted to start off the show with having people that understand is, yes. our mission should be for all of us to even clear up past us as we're dealing with this stuff that we're being lied to in the in the present. Mm-hmm. We need to be conscious about that. So yeah. I wanted to start start off with that. I, I know in the in the climate that we have, we're not talking about hostility against white folks. Right, it's dumb to be racist, but it is also <laughs> right. smart for us to be abused and not know what abuse look like. Because this is flat abuse. So you know, and along you know with that, we still have. Um, I, I don't know if you covered this earlier in the show, but Memphis police—they um, disbanded that unit um, of um, whatever they call them that attacked um, Tyree Nichols. I don't know if you... Did you guys talk about that? Yes, we did. We talked about that. Okay. okay. So if you, if, you, if you didn't hear this earlier, the unit is composed of three teams from about 30 officers who target um, certain areas that they say are crime, high crime areas. And it's been activated, um, inactive since Nichols um, um, and since January 7th. But, yeah, we we need to start telling the truth about what's going on. And I know, again, when you start talking about the black community and 
all these things that we need mm. to talk about that's happening inside the community. That is a whole nother news story. <laughs> that's a whole yeah. nother show. <laughs> talk about all right. Sorry about keeping you on that, Jay, but I, I know when you when you said that that we still need to kind of address it is Black History Month and we need to deal with black people honestly. Now, if you're listening and you're not black, um, sit back and learn something or not. <laughs> but the issue is, is that that is that is a problem that we don't get accurate news because all of these news programs are owned by corporations that just like Tiffany Cross, you're going to get fired if you're not putting across the same propaganda that all of these other guys are. We don't have to do that here until we get unplugged. But that's a whole nother story. <laughs> I won't go there. Jay is telling me to be quiet, by the way. I'm just joking. I know <laughs> Jay's like, I ain't said nothing. You want to run a disclaimer, Jay? That these comments are, you can do that. <laughs> we won't hold that against you. All right. So uh, I'll go into our, our first story. Now, Pfizer... Um, the COVID booster and flu vaccine, if you get them on the same day, there's a new study saying that you have a risk of stroke. So do not get your flu vaccine and COVID booster on the same day. That's according to the FDA. So millions of Americans um, got both shots at the same time this winter following the um, White House public health push, which said, um, you know, God gave us two arms, one for the flu and one for the COVID shot. Do not do that. And it's sad that people who are who are suffering now that we, you can't sue anybody for that. Somebody gave you directions, said, "Oh, it's safe," and now they're saying, "Oh, it's not safe." So, take that for for what it's worth. Now, Amazon launched wow. its generic drug description. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jay. No, I was just saying, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Saying, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a shame that we get bad information until. You know, later on, but nobody's reporting on the fact that you should not do both shots at the same right. time. Do both shots, but don't mm. do them at the same time. COVID is like pretty much getting downgraded to be like the flu anyway. So right. Why would you get things introduced into your body at the same time? Right. They're not, they're not playing well. All right. Now, Amazon launched um, a generic drug description service for U.S. Prime members with unlimited access. Um, access meds for almost um, 80 common conditions. So it's a $5 a month um, subscription um, that you can mm. fill out. Yeah, for like 55 generic medications to treat such things as high blood pressure, um, anxiety, and diabetes. I, I don't know. I don't know about this, though, Elias. One company being a one-stop shop for all of your stuff can never be good. It never right. turns out well in the movie. Yeah. Right? Right. You're right. You have <laughs> one, one guy. Isn't that, what's that, what's that movie with, um, what is their name? It, it's like where they introduce a virus and they cut off the city. It's that movie. I forgot her name. Oh, Amelia. Um. Yeah. And Boris Kojo was in one of them. But it, it reminds yeah. me of that. Like, it, they had a book was called Raccoon City or something. Like, you know, the corporation was like, okay, we're just going to let them, you know, we're going to let them die or we're going to let them live. You cannot have a corporation right. tired of your uh, of your life like that. So Amazon exactly. can't get too much information from me. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't do that, even though it may be cheap. 
but you know the problem is just like with the Bill Gates Foundation and the World Health Organization sterilizing mm-hmm. attempting to sterilize about five hundred thousand women in Kenya. We don't say anything about Bill Gates when his butt appears on TV. Nobody asks him about that. You know. What's his name? Uh, who is that? The uh, the guy from uh, the Dallas Mavericks. He's trying to set up something where you can get cheap medicine. Uh, Mark Cuban. Yeah. And he's yeah. And I was like, okay, is, it, is that genuine or is he just you know? Yeah. But he's trying to set it up where you only spend that much money to get uh, medicine now. Yeah, I, I think he, he um, is trying to do what Amazon did, right? Because I think they relaxed the laws a little bit for negotiating prices. Like, there's no reason that your medicine, which costs probably about 50 cents to make, should be costing you, like, yes. five grand. Yes, yes. So, you know, I learned that when we went on that cruise with, with Vanessa, that we had, you uh-huh. can pick up medicine on the, uh, at some of these pharmacies at two different ports. And I mean, it's cheap, man. Than what we get yeah. in the United States, so. Yeah, it, and again, people have this bad thing with Cuba, right? It's because, you know, the United States doesn't like Cuba for many different reasons. But if you have lung cancer, they had a cure for lung cancer for like twenty something years. A cure. Wow. Like stop it in its tracks. So. What happens during the Obama administration, they let them do clinical trials. So there's two places in this country that has clinical trials now. But that medicine costs you $1 per shot if you go to Cuba. I can't imagine how much it's going to cost here. Because the United States has no cure yeah. for lung cancer. But they do in Cuba. Right. But you can go to Cuba, but you can't take but about a certain amount of medicine back, they'll confiscate it at the border. So even to save your life, the United States is like, nope, we know that this can cure you, and it's cheap, but we're going to charge you and make sure we bill your medical insurance, you know, you know, three grand per shot or something, right, something crazy. But if anybody wants to find that information, there is Roswell is doing the critical trials in Buffalo, New York, about for the lung cancer stuff. But they actually have a version of the, the Cuban because some U.S. company need to make money. So they won't use theirs. They want to create their own version of theirs so that they can make money and charge you more money. So, anyway, we're sick when it comes. Wow. You know what I yeah. mean? It's all about money. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of money, Netflix said that password, password chain will be banned in late March. So at least 100,000 viewers will be impacted. So after nearly one year of threats, Netflix is pulling the plug on sharing your passwords. So the company told its shareholders it will ban free viewing by late March, and at least 10, 000, 10 million people will be affected. That means if you have multiple television sets in your house, you can only share it. You know what? <laughs> right. So say you're on vacation and you pull up your Netflix yeah. account and it hits a different IP address, you're going to have to cut that one off because the IP address is the yeah. only thing that can distinguish that you're in two different locations. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they were going to try to figure what, figure out a way to make more money. So I guess that's Netflix's way of getting more money. Right. Yeah. 
Now, Microsoft AI can clone your voice after now, uh, um, analyzing a three-second audio clip of you speaking. Now, this is problematic. But scammers can use the technology to steal your voice. That's a problem. So they they announced this um, Vali, an AI that yeah. analyzes your three seconds audio clip and replicates it perfectly. And it can also um, wow. capture your emotional brain in acoustic environment. Oh. Yeah. Wow. AI. Okay, so I don't know if you seen that movie um what is it called megan that's out it's with a dog no, it, it is uh, you know you know compared to chucky this one is a little bit more terrifying it's an ai and so you know it's a machine so it has more strength and all this other stuff but that that using ai to make a determination whether people are ethical or moral or telling the truth AI is going to kill us, just like aliens would. Because all the stuff that we wow. talked about in the last show about, you know, fairness, some people can lie, some people can't. When you have AI, it's not, it doesn't have any emotions to differentiate a good lie from a bad one. It just says that you're yeah. unethical and immoral, and you're going to need to be terminated. It's not efficient, wow. right? So. Neil deGrasse Tyson talked about that with um, when they talked about the um, sending out signals to aliens. And he said, is that smart? Like, we're the most violent, <laughs> most violent people in the universe, right? We are burning fossil fuels, don't care about poor people. If an intelligent race comes here, you think they want to be your friend <laughs> or give you weapons? You crazy? <laughs> really? So that's what this AI stuff reminds me of. Everybody's invested in AI, and it's like it's maddening. So Microsoft it also is investing ten billion dollars in ChatGPT, the maker of OpenAI, to um, compete with Google. So that they are announcing this investment, and. Um, if you don't know what that chat GPT is, it will actually create text. It can write papers for you. It is AI um, mimicking your writing, um, just anything. So people won't even need to know how to write anymore. They can just plug some keywords into AI, and it will create a whole thesis for you. Book. Yeah, to create yep. a book and everything. I It'll saw this stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I don't understand why this is so appealing. <laughs> like, yeah. So at some point we're, we're going to not need to. Society is why, man. We're a lazy huh? society. That's why. It we're a lazy society, well, and that's why. Well, see, I can't say the lazy people are creating this. I'm saying it's a, more like of a control thing. Like, why would you do that? Because now you you're encouraging more deception. You're encouraging more people not to work. Because AI is going to work on your, you know, so that you don't have to. And so now you have more leisure time. And what do we do with our leisure time? Right? Like, what is it that we're investing in? Where's all of our money going? Right? So you cannot, you know, go on vacation and do all these things if you're not making any money. 
The only innovative thing that's making money in this society right now is, um, I can't even think of the name of it, OnlyFans. You have women on their pictures of their feet making millions of dollars, like, without doing nothing. And they're thinking that's a a viable business. Right? That is where we're going as a society, is that people think that fantasy is uh, is it's an industry. It's Disney World, apparently. So anyway... Mm. All, all this AI stuff yeah. is um, not good. Yeah, I went to now, Walmart the other day, man, and this lady said, well, you know, she said, sir, the, uh, the, the shop service is open. I said, well, I didn't, get, I didn't get my debut two from last year, so maybe you can send it to me and I can go to work. Otherwise, I'm <laughs> going in peace. I need somebody to check this out for me. Yep. Yep. I was, I was always, when they first started with self-service, I would never go to self-service. And as a matter of fact, yeah. at grocery stores, I don't do self-service either. I go to someone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care how long I have to stay in the line. I do not like yeah, self-service I, I, because that's problematic. Yeah. You know, the the Wegmans one has a facial, has a camera. I'm sure they use facial recognition in, Weg, in Walmart. Really? And yeah, in the Walmart hmm. one, there's a camera always on your face when you use self-serve checkout. So I'm I don't, sure yeah, be, I don't go there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're taking a picture of your face when you stick your credit card in those machines. Mm-hmm. Why would why, why do you need Walmart having your personal data like that? Really? I'm only in there buying some egos anyway. <laughs> like I don't get anything <laughs> versus value. Yeah, I want to go buy Crystal Light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, it's like pretty privileged. <laughs> it's like you're like um, uh, let me get some donuts. That's it. Yeah, That's something, it. something that they done. I can't get from the local, the local spot right. here, you know. But other yep. than that, no, I don't go to Walmart. Man. I try to stay out of there, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our Walmart. I don't know if they do this all over the place, but the Walmart I just went to yesterday closes at 11 p.m. I was yeah. like, when did you start doing that? I thought Walmart was 24 hours. But apparently Walmart is like um, is cutting back too. I, I hate to have an emergency after, you know, after eleven. Really? You be able to count on Walmart to have something, you know. You can go to the medical, get an aspirin, get you know, get something there. But yeah, they're mm. regulating a little bit different. I don't know what Walmart is doing actually. Crazy. Mm. All right yeah. now. Consumer Reports just put out open letters to Hershey, um, I guess it's Maldonez International. I know they own the Nabisco and Cadbury. Um, um, Theo Chocolate and Trader Joe's on Monday, following a bombshell revel- revelation at the end of 2022 that high levels of lead and candamine in the company's dark chocolate is in all of those companies' dark chocolate products. Now, I don't know how you're getting wow. red and dark, but I really don't understand what is going on in our food industry. Mm. But really? the group um, said that long-term exposure to metals can result to nervous system problems, immune system suppression, and kidney damage. Mm. Right. Mm. Just, again, we're talking big companies and capitalism doing things to its consumers that they know they should not be doing. Mm. If you're having levels of lead in your food, you know you're not supposed to have lead in your food. 
We Bruh. should not be consuming metals like that. So anyway, yeah. So anyway, I I don't even know what to, where to go with that story, but it's just weird that you would have to actually put out an open letter to a major major company to tell them to not stop poisoning the people who are buying your product. <laughs> exactly. really? You know what I mean? That that's strange. Exactly. All right. Mm. So uh, um. So in colonizer news, because this is a little bit different, <laughs> researchers from uh, Cairo University is using they used a CT scan, scan to digitally unwrap a mummy that was discovered more than a hundred years ago in a cemetery in southern Egypt. So they found dozens of different ambulances, um, many which were made of gold and had been carefully placed inside the body. Like they had like a two finger ambulance that's in there. They had a golden heart um, scarab placed in the um, in the clavicle, and they had a golden tongue inside the mouth. Man. And yeah, so here's my thing. Um, again, I can tell you that Egyptians, earlier Egyptians, were black. And you know why? Because black people do not grave rob. We don't do stuff like mm-hmm. that. That culturally is something that we frown upon is disturbing somebody's grave. And it seems like white folks are still going, hey, let's see what they had in their grave. Does <laughs> that? <laughs> Can't even really? alone, you know. Mm. So, um, you know, a federal judge ordered nearly seven, uh, seven-year prison sentence on Friday for a capital rioter who deployed um, chemical spray against law enforcement. The one, um, the law enforcement I, um, officer who died, I think he suffered two strokes and died the next day. Um, right. The guy who did that got um, six years and eight months. This guy, Julian um, Cater, who's um, 32 from Pennsylvania. Now, he pled guilty um, last August for spraying that law enforcement officer or several law enforcement officers doing that January um, 6, 2001 insurrection. Um, so he'll receive credit for 22 months that he's already served and will have to pay a $10,000 fine is what the judge said. Now, I don't know if you've seen any of this stuff, but they were saying the prison in D.C. that he was in, or I'm sorry, one of the other people who was sentenced with him was bad, so um, they want to lessen his sentence because it was horrible prison conditions. Oh, well. <laughs> Nobody feels sorry for the other people who are in those prisons. <laughs> like, but that dude? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sorry you had to suffer by being in that particular prison opposed to any other one. I'm like, mm, that means the prison conditions for all of them was bad, but you don't care. Just the guy who got put in there. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that was one of the complaints is that the prisons were too too horrible for the rioters. <laughs> they, did, they can go, you know, use the bathroom all over the Capitol and break windows and break in and then say, um, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I need a nicer prison than this. It's <laughs> like, that's crazy. Really? That, that's a part of their makeup. Now, um, an ugly fight has erupted in the theater circles um, after producers of this play. Uh, it, now, again, the play is about um, the killing of Kylie Jenner. I don't know why that's a thing, but it's wow. Australia. And so the Australian producers of this internationally acclaimed Seven Methods 
of killing Kylie Jenner uh, demanded that all reviewers be people of color. If you're a media, you had to be a, a person of color. So this New Age newspaper um, art director refused to comply, and um, they, they are lashing out and wanted to sue them. So they um, ended up having some white folks come in there to review it. But it's a really weird um, story of the white folks complaining that it's tokenism, that they wanted to force people of color um, to, to review a play. They said it, it's offensive and it undermines the health of our critical landscape. Now, it's funny how white folks will say that, but it's not, um, it doesn't undermine it if you don't have any black people there. But if you don't have white people someplace, they, like, you, you're doing us all a disservice because white people aren't here. Isn't that weird, like, our society <laughs> things like that? Like, yes, I'm not is. even addressing the validity of that play or that theater or none of that. I'm saying the argument that they use that if white people do not exist in your space, somehow you're creating a crime against humanity. Like, <laughs> it's like, why do you need to be there? Wow. It was offensive and it undermines something. Okay. Now, in, in other disturbing news, well, that wasn't that disturbing as this was going to be. There's lab grown meat. Is coming to restaurants near you. Oh, damn. Yes. It is due to hit grocery stores across the U.S. by 2028, like all of them. But manufacturers mm-hmm. are just waiting for another inspection and signs uh, uh, on their labels, because they're going to have to label them, luckily. I bet you they get rid of that after about a year. Um, but they have to have signs that says um, uh, engineered animal projects. So that's going to just mean that it's going to be lab-grown. Because, you know, they put labels on them now that says, like, if you buy some junk food, it'll say some of the product, some of the ingredients are bioengineered. It'll say that on the packages now, but it's in really small print. This one is going to be a little bit different. It's going to say engineered animal products, but that's going to be lab-grown meat. So, Oh, my God. Yep. This company called um, Upside Foods in California says it will supply restaurants first. And I'm like, oh, hell. Because restaurants are not going to tell you. There's no la- they don't send you a label when you order something from a restaurant. They just put the, that meat in your food. Ah. Damn. All right. I know. That was a bad thing. I want to go to restaurants. Because they, 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 uh, they, they, I, I was saying, somebody said it to Latvia was. Uh, yeah. It's bioengineered. Yeah. 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 Tilapia is is not good for you. Like it's um it's bioengineered and it's uh, um in their bottom feeders. So if you look if you yeah. eat something that's farm raised in their bottom feeders and they all are in the same pool, they're just eating each other's um, waste. So tilapia, mm-hmm. farm raised tilapia is not good because they're just you know, going to the bathroom and the other fish are eating it. Yeah. They're cleaning up the same tape. Yeah. I know. It makes you makes you not love tilapia. I used to eat tilapia back in the day, too. Like, I'm like, oh, no, that's not a good thing. Yeah, tilapia is not necessarily good for you. Um, T-Mobile has revealed that, um, I know I missed the story, but the addresses and phone numbers and dates of birth of 37 million cu- customers have been collected by an 
identified malicious intruder mm. in the breach of their data. T-Mobile. So if you're a T-Mobile customer, um, I don't know what you can do. But they're like, the phone numbers, they didn't get any credit card information is what they're saying. But they did get addresses and phone numbers and date of birth of 3 million of their customers. Okay, that's enough. Yeah, I was going to say you do a lot of damage with that. Yeah. Really? That, I don't don't know how that is like being downplayed, but it really is. Now, um, now Walmart, or sorry, Walgreens announced that last week that it was scrapping their purchasing restrictions on children um, medicine. Because remember that third flu stuff, they had, they had a short supply of, all of these, you know, children's medicines, so they restricted a certain number per household, they actually lift their mm-hmm. restriction. So their medicines are, they're going back to normal business. But, yeah, they're not restricted mm. anymore. Um, I, we did, I didn't talk about this last week, but, you know, when the FAA, like, shut down, like, the airports, like, in the morning, I forgot when that was, mm-hmm. They came back and said that the nationwide shutdown was caused by a contractor that mistakenly deleted files. So the federal aviation, they did confirm their initial report from January 11th shutdown um, for three hours Mm. was due to a contractor deleting files by mistake. It wasn't Mm. hacked. There was no terrorist thing. But, you know, here's, here's the thing that you have to understand. When you're using computers, you cannot, you talked about AI and all this other stuff. When you deal with power and memory and computers, it can render you useless if you put everything that you have into a computer. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why I always would say to people, they're like, oh, no, I, I don't know why you're writing stuff down. I put it in a computer. I'm like, you can lose power, mm-hmm. become um, obsolete. You cannot store yeah. stuff computer file and then say I'm going to lock this away for years because if the technology changes you won't even be able to read the disk anymore like, nobody has a sure. disk if they know what those are <laughs> or, or, or any of that stuff because they don't even sell that in computers no more they barely have CD mm-hmm. burners on there now so yeah now um, J- Japan um, will start considering COVID as being equivalent to the seasonal flu so they're Attitudes are changing, you know, towards the pandemic. So in practical terms, it's ditching the recommendation to wear masks indoor, um, in indoor public spaces and ends the need for infected people to um, uh, infected people and close contact to self-isolate. They're saying go outside and put a mask on. They're treating it like a cold. So this new class in Japan, which will kick in in the spring, recommend that patients only wear masks indoors if symptomatic and opposed to the general public or the general recommendation for everyone currently um, to wear masks. So, again, I knew this was going to happen, though. I knew it was going to get reduced to a common flu. It's like, (laughs) my COVID is kicking up. Like, this is going to be a little bit different than how they treat COVID because there's more treatment for COVID. Because when it first happened, they just, there was just no treatment for it. So people right, were, right. Um, you know, dying from it really, you know, without any known kind of treatment for it anyway. So now, and I think that most people are back. Go ahead. No, I, I was shocked because my brother has a heart condition. When we were in Vegas, mm-hmm. he got COVID. And 
He was fine, man. I was like, he was like, I just had like a head cold. I felt a little bad. A guy, yeah. worked, another guy I worked with, he had, he had a heart condition. He had a mechanical heart, and uh, uh-huh. he had COVID. And he, he was like, man, he said it was nothing worse than a common cold. I was like, wow. Yeah, you know, mm. and you know why? It's because the the strain of COVID now is not as severe as the earlier strains. It was like more potent because it was first introduced into your body. But with every mutation, there's a chance that it could get stronger or get weaker. So I think the COVID mutations now are getting weaker opposed to them getting stronger. We always look at them as getting stronger, but sometimes they just get weaker. And so I think these weaker, later strains of COVID is not just giving you a headache. I know someone, um, they said, oh, I had a headache for a while and I had COVID and they just stayed out of the way for a little bit, and they're like, okay, my COVID's gone. I'm like, it's not gone, mm-hmm. but okay. You feel better, but it's not gone. <laughs> now, okay, so, um, you know, vitamin D supplements um, don't work if you're too fat, according to a new study. Now, I hate doing this story because <laughs> now I know Jay's going to get some comments, so send all of them to Jay. <laughs> I did not write this study. So the supplementing uh, vitamin D is, you know, vital to strong bones. It may lower your risk of cancer. But U.S.-based scientists investigated um, if the nutrient was less effective in obese people, and they said, yes, it does not work as well. Or or maybe you need to take more. I don't know what the study says as far as that's concerned, <laughs> but I'm trying to clean it up. Um, wow. <laughs> but that's according to some study that I did not do. Now, okay, so... I know this one is going to be a little bit uh, a little bit different, but this woman in Utah discovered that she accidentally married her cousin while she was pregnant with her huh? baby. <laughs> I, okay. Uh, listen, how do you accidentally marry your cousin? I listen. She said that um, <clears throat> they realized that after they did, they was doing a search for baby names, right? And they found out that they have the same great-grandparents. So the woman who was 41 found her grandfather was the first cousin of her husband's grandmother, which means their great-grandparents were the same. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah. And they were like, how did you not find that out before? But I guess you can have, you know, second cousins that live someplace else. But that, my friend was in, um, mm. um, you know, I don't even know what we would name that segment. It would just be like country <laughs> backwoods segment that we need to have. Wow. But, yeah. Can you imagine, like, they fi- – no, I'm sorry, we don't do that. Um, we don't marry our play cousins. Like, we just – black people don't do no. that. It's like, if you grew up in the same house, um, eating cereal in your underwear, you can't ever date her. <laughs> like, that's pretty much how that works. Right. Like, you can't right. play cousins. <laughs> You don't even have to be relatives. We don't do that. So, really? Yeah. Yeah, so, so uh, oh, I forgot. I was going to say, I, I was going to tell you, well, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save the story because, you know, it's a weed story, so i gotta, I got to save that a little bit later. Um, okay. Because I keep forgetting to send you uh, my um, Nate Dog clip, but so you're going to have okay. to do that on, that on that last segment. All right, so... Okay. I want to um, also, you know, again, in my pre-Black History Month, 
um, show, I wanted to kind of talk about, no, I'll spend time on Dr. Sebi later. Let's clear up the OJ verdict. Since I cleared up Martin Luther King, I might as well have him in the same show. So, you know, there was evidence that OJ Simpson's um, innocence was held back in the 1995 trial after he was acquitted of murder of um, his ex-wife and the guy who came to visit her. So there was the yeah. a, a 200, I'm sorry, 20,000-word document entitled The Simpson Verdict um, that F. Lee Bailey revealed that four people who could have bolstered Simpson's case but never testified. So in the Simpson verdict, Bailey said in 1995, the defense team was prepared to call four people who never testified. It was a forensic scientist, an expert on battered women, a blood expert, and a person whose whose possible testimony, he says, is the most important of the four. The man who might have seen the killer. That guy. Like, so the witness um, saw the woman the night of the murders, matching the code's description, um, in an in a apparent confrontation with two men, and neither who was O.J. Simpson. So upon hearing of the murders, mm. the next day, the witness called, uh, recalled what he saw on, on a tape recording the next day, and he wrote a detailed description and a sketch of the person who he observed. So the defense team decided mm. not to call him or any witnesses to the stand out of fear that additional jurors would be um, dismissed and a mistrial would be declared after eight, you know, if you don't know, that was an eight-month trial with O.J. Simpson, right? Hmm. So they didn't want to bring that guy on there, but they knew that this guy seen who did it and he had a sketch, and he submitted it. He called the the very next day and said, yep, he was walking his dog, saw them, and went back the other way because he saw he 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 lived in the neighborhood, so he recognized the um, the OJ's dog or something, and he was running around loose, and he had his dog, and he was just bringing him back, and he saw those um, the two guys confront her, and um, he never testified. So Simpson's um, lawyer, Ethel Bailey, claimed the real killers were out to collect a drug debt and killed Nicole Simpson and Goldman after mistaking them for somebody else. They believed that they wasn't wow. on the target. Yeah. And again, it's F. Lee Bailey's document, and if you want to look it up yourself, I will tell you again, it is a document called The Simpson Verdict by, um, by F. Lee Bailey. So, like I said, it, we don't we don't really get to clear up stuff too often when we do news, but sometimes we have to go back and <laughs> and make it, make it really clear that we're missing something. Now, um, oh. I know um, you know this the CEO of the shipbuilding company in Hawaii was arrested while he attempted to flee um, the island on his boat. Right, like he he was accused of fraud, like $30 million fraud. Um, he sold the business as a profit, uh, profitable glass bottom boat company, hoping to attract tourists. And then he took the money and ran, and the Coast Guard caught him after he returned because he had boat problems. <laughs> now, he sold a fraudulent <laughs> company that, that made boats. 
and he took one of the boats off, and the boat um, had problems, <laughs> and it made him come back. That's how he got caught. But he defrauded wow. like thirty million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. After after he fixed the problem, he sailed back in the seas for the second time, and they found him and arrested him. Uh, oh, by the way, he he violated um, the terms of his pretrial release. He was about to bounce. He's like, I'm out. Yeah, he's about that jump. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I, um, if we talked about this story before, but, you know, they, they have a new car karaoke system that links to your car speakers. Uh, <laughs> car, it, it links your car speakers to a microphone and gives passengers a choice of 100,000 songs to sing along with on road trips. No. <laughs> no. It, now, can you imagine you're driving and everybody's annoying your butt while you're driving by singing all these songs really loud and off-key? That can't be good. Mm. I, nah. I think that, um, who is that who does the carpool, carpool karaoke? Um, uh, what's the guy's name? Oh, uh, he's a night host. Yeah, Jane nah. somebody. So, but anyway. I can't remember his name. Yeah. So people watching that stuff will, um, you know, get beside themselves and be like, we can, we can do this. And it's already distracting when you see other people, like, because I, I do that. You know, we play our music, and it's like a self-contained world. Do you imagine your passengers doing that while you're, while you're driving? That should be kind of crazy. But it was announced that that system exists at this consumer electronic show in Vegas um, uh, last week. And it links your car speakers to your phone and gives you a choice of 100,000 songs. So that, again, is, is a little, <laughs> maybe a little bit of a problem. Now, yeah. there's a, um, I, I, I can't remember, now this is another story I couldn't remember if we talked about, but um, a, a Indiana bus passenger, 56, was charged with attempted murder after she repeatedly stabbed a female student um, for being Asian. That The child was 18 years old. Oh Indiana God. University. And um, she was hospitalized after being stabbed on a bus near the university campus. So the, the, the incident occurred while she was getting off. So the Asian student was getting off and getting off the bus and um, somebody stabbed her. Um, again, we're talking about hate crime, and we're talking about people's attitude in this country towards folks that don't look like them. But a 56-year-old person did that to an 18-year-old. 56. My God. Yeah. Mm. You know, again, we. I, I don't. I don't. I, I want to stress this. People in this country need therapy. Like, they, they need to be deprogrammed for whatever is making them think that, you know, you have the right to do something to somebody just because you don't like how they look or whatever. But this is not a black community problem. So when we talk about our ailments in our community, just think about all these other communities that's having the same, same problem, propensity towards violence and all this other stuff. I don't think it's mutually exclusive to us. Um, now... A Jefferson County sheriff, this is in St. Louis, uh, it's 40 miles south, uh, southwest of St. Louis, received the overwhelming response um, to a social media post seeking day drinkers 
to join them in um, office officer training. So what they wanted to do is they practice identifying drunk drivers, right? So you can volunteer to go drinking, and then the officers was going to try to see what drunk people look like. So the four different yeah. volunteers were picked up to join what's then called a wet lab. Uh, from Tuesday to Thursday, and were offered free drinks for up to two hours plus a ride home in exchange for letting officers test their sobriety. Now, mm. guess how many? Guess how long it took to fill those slots when they advertised? <laughs> within the within the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. You know, people who wanted the free drinks was like, "Wait, what? I, I can mm-hmm. <laughs> I can volunteer for a trial of me drinking? Okay." Mm. That is pretty much how that was going to go down. Yeah. So, um, you know, the death cancer rates um, have fallen by 33% since 1991, averting 3.8 million deaths. So the falling death rates of lung, breast, and breast cancer of the U.S. is falling the most, has the most decline, according to the American Cancer Society. But it also pointed out a significant fall in skin and blood cancer fatalities uh, as well. Although there's still a negative birth rate, the rate, those obviously are not the rates that is killing everybody. But cancer rates are actually falling in the country. It's, I almost want to contribute some of it to the consciousness of people eating. I think that we are more of a, um, you know, more conscious about, things that are extremely bad for you. I think we are a little right. bit better. But um, who knows? It might be pandemic-related, too, that people didn't get out and do some of the more harmful things that probably is not good for your body. We probably stayed in, so our rates are uh, yeah. fluctuating. But they're, they're stable. Wow. Now, a former California mayor agreed to plead guilty for marijuana-related bribery. So this former... Um, Mayor Richard Turr um, pled guilty in one federal wire frauding charge for accepting more than $57,000 in bribes and kickbacks in exchange for handing out licenses and permits for commercial marijuana activity. Um, so, yeah, that's what's, that's what's going on in the world, is that politicians are still selling you away. And, again, you can sell, you can get weed legal now, right, like small um, – as long as you have small amounts on you, but they're still yeah. they're still undercutting it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I I I am thinking that what what is this one? Okay, so here is my. <laughs> we're not really that late in the show for me to do this do this segment, but you know, there's a new study that suggests that women use cannabis before sex. Now it says. The drug actually helps helps you, and it helps with any kind of um, just you know sexual dysfunction kind of stuff. But they were like, um, um, according to this new study, they're saying that w- women need to, um, if you're having any problems in that area, that smoking weed will help. So I just want to give you another health-related benefit of smoking weed. Um, Elias, can you help me with that? <laughs> um, hey man, I, I gotta agree. You get to concentrate more. You. You know, your, your, your senses are heightened. I agree. I, 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 I think they're, they're, they're spot on with that one. <laughs> right. So we just want to say that, um, 
you know, that's 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 a scientific study. This is not our own personal personal observation, but still, that is according to a new study that smoking weed has some health benefits. And if this is where I would pay my uh, Nick Dog on this part, <laughs> smoke weed <laughs> we every day. <laughs> we should be doing that as a public service announcement. There you go. There you go. So, well, well hydrated. <laughs> now, well hydrated adults who drink water every day can slow down the aging process and develop fewer chronic health conditions, according to another study. So, researchers found that drinking enough water each day may slow down aging. And a study of more than eleven thousand people um, over over thirty. Uh, which tracked, um, tracked sodium levels in their blood, which increased with dehydration. Now, I didn't know this. I thought, you know how when you sweat, you know, you would have, like, salt residue. But when you're dehydrated, your body creates more salt in it. So drinking um, mm. um, water every day will prolong your life to up to 15 years and slash your risk of heart attack, stroke, and dementia, according to the study. That's wow. a long time. 15 years? Yes, it is. <sighs> I'm about to get... Everybody needs to drink some water. Because when you hear stuff like that, like then, you, then it makes you think. It's like, wait a minute. What are, what are we not... What, you know, what are people not telling us with stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, actually, I, I only have... Um, you know, I want to I wanna do this one story because, again... I know we, um, you know, again, this is my pre-Black History Month, um, pre-Black History Month, because I'm going to go into, you know, Dr. Sebi, and I'll talk about Dr. Francis Chris Welsing. I'm going to do that opposed to just giving you black history facts, because a lot of times when we do <laughs> black history, it's just like, you know, dry cleaning was invented in 1821 by a black man named Thomas Jennings, right? Like, we will give you black history facts, but I think that giving us stories inside of our history actually kind of helps as well. So I am going to make sure that we start off and talk about some some other facts outside of just who developed, who, who patented the broom and dustpan. We're going to do a little bit more. Today. Mm. And uh, so, but before I get to that, I want to, there was something, I'm trying to think of what it was specifically. That I wanted to um, that I wanted to talk about with Black History, um, and, it, and it it didn't lose me. I don't know why I did that, but anyway, we'll do like some African folk tales and some other things, those stories. Because I, I think I've done that before. Do you remember, you know, giving stories mm-hmm. about African folk tales? So we'll right. do that and we'll yeah. talk about why why we need to have that. So I'll do one really quick one um, before we get off the air, and um, because I don't have. Uh, I, I don't have any news specifically that I want to share. Is there anything that I missed, Elias, that you want to talk about? No. You know, I was I was just thinking we were talking last week about uh, the files that they've been finding at the president's. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. at Joe Biden's, and they they, mm-hmm. and they found them at they just found some at um, at uh, Pence's house. Okay. So. Yes. My deal is, is it the fact that these people that are packing up the houses that are supposed to be high security don't know what the hell they're doing, or what? Right. I mean, because now they got it. Now they want the President Obama, Clinton, 
and, and the rest of them said, hey, look and see if y'all got something that y'all have to, please. <laughs> so, is it a fact that they don't know what the hell they're doing? No, I think that more it's more like that there's things that are over-classified. So, for example, so if you're Clinton or let's just say Obama, right, and you have a classified document that says, you know, oil prices are going to go up exponentially by February. Well, it's not necessary now to look backwards and say, oh, that was top secret back then, but it's not top secret now. So it may not be a, secu- a security threat just because it was marked top secret something four years ago may just be really irrelevant till today. So we don't know what's in some of that stuff. We just knew that Trump stuff was relevant. That's why the archives was asking for it back. If those guys didn't have anything that they were asking for, it wasn't national security more than it was just informational. So I think that when we see that, I know other news outlets are saying, oh, it sounds different because it's Biden, or it sounds different because it's, it's Pence, or it's whatever. It's just because those, those items are marked secret and top secret, they may not have any value now, but you still have to turn them back if you find them. So yeah. I think it's going to, since they're not saying what they are, it's not like somebody's selling, you know, secrets to anybody because if it was something that was defense or or nuclear or something, they would be asking for them back. So mm-hmm. um, like Trump, they asked for them back and he told them, no, and these are mine and blah, blah, blah. This is very different than a record-keeping issue. I think the other guy yeah. is pretty much record-keeping. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, and I was, I was asked about that, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, when they were really talking about this uh, on how do we differentiate because when it comes to politics when somebody's guilty they make it look like everybody else is guilty it's like when people were saying you know Hillary had a private email server right and then mm-hmm. you deal with Trump and Ivanka and they're using insecure, you know unsecured phones like they yeah. could have been easily tapped and he's doing presidential business at you know, Mar-a-Lago in Florida. That's not, that's not yeah. even a secure location, in, inviting people in. But we're still comparing that to an email server and mm-hmm. saying, oh, the Clintons are corrupt because they had a server. It's like, yeah, but everything that was sent from government email addresses are backed up on government servers. So her email server, anything that was on there, they still had a record of primarily. So, and it's probably very few things that originated from her email if it went government-wise. So most people don't have servers in their house, so they pretty much thought it was something nefarious going on. But it, it's just yeah. it's weird. So, yeah, it, that's a – when I think about that stuff, we – I didn't talk about it, but the marking of top-secret documents are more or less – it depends what the documents are, and it's not really as serious as when the government knows that you have something that they need back. Um, that's right. a whole different level. But you know how mm-hmm. you know how Fox, especially, is playing that because Fox News is not news, but they're playing it like somebody. Uh, you know, everybody's doing it, <laughs> like they're doing that. Yeah. But but yeah. Biden, you know, honestly, I would expect Biden to have documents like that. That because because Biden. Um, was in the Senate for years, but since like 
the late 70s or something, Biden, mm-hmm. I can't remember how long he was there. I, but Biden was in government for a long time, and he ran some of those. Um, his clearance was high enough. So since he's president, he still has clearance for top-secret information. So you can't say mm-hmm. that he had it unethically or illegally, even though it was when he was vice president. He still had top, you know, top clearance. So when you leave office, right. you still have maintained some kind of clearance. I think, um, I think Biden took away Trump's clearance, though, because they they could not allow that dude to still come back and get top secret information. So um, Obama still has his clearance, and it's just so that former presidents can consult on national security issues that they usually keep their clearance. And Trump didn't. All right. So yeah. So anyway, I won't miss that. I know we're running back towards the top of the hour. and um, But that's all I have for news today, and I guess I will see everybody next week. Um, all right, my brother. We'll see you next week. All right. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.